catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst. Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m., and we've got a great show for you tonight. Canalis ditches those salty snitches. That's right. Get rid of those guys. Bring in the new crew. Man, we've got a ton to talk about from Dave Canales, his new coaching hires, to a new front office coming in potentially. Uh, Five head is on the way. The playoffs. Man, the Super Bowl is here. Steve Wilkes is in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. Um, Sam Darnold in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah. EMC in the Super Bowl. We got a ton to talk mm. about, and we're going to do it with you guys tonight. Go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, get in the show. The number's 252-228-5090. We'll be taking your calls later on. And I'd like to just say, what's up to my wheel man, Cody Lack. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, right now it's looking like we are the Tampa Bay Panthers. We're hiring seemingly their entire coaching staff. But, man, look, when you have history with people, it goes a long way, man. A wise man once said it's all about who you know. And if you have ever known Dan Morgan or, or Dave Canales, maybe you can be a new coach for the Carolina Panthers. But, dude, we're going to talk about it today. We have a brand-new offensive coordinator, a brand-new O-line coach, a brand-new running game slash assistant head coach. Man, we have a great show tonight in store for the C3 Panther Nation. Tony Dunn. We're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know them and love them. We got our guy, Panther Pickle. Drew, what's up, baby? Anthony, my the brand ambassador, D's ill skills. What's up? Uh, C Cody 13. Dan Floyd, D from Sanford. What's up? Panther Gal 73. Roosevelt Mongo, the real C3AP. Patty Grimes, and that Paisan Muscles Marinara. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. Consider being a C3 super fan for $1.99 a month. If you scroll up to the top of the comments, you can find a link to our merchandise. C3 Panthers podcast t-shirt, the Shut the Hell Up t-shirt. 
and you make me effing sick by G baby gear right there. Uh, CK, the voice that makes a voice. We may have won the coaching search as Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson return uh, to their respective teams. Man, I tell you what, uh, imagine being the Panthers right now if we hadn't chosen uh, a a head coach at this point in time and now the field has been narrowed down to Dan Quinn and really that's it and Bill Belichick. Um, Listen, I'm thankful that I know a lot of people aren't really still high on Canales, but man, I'll tell you what, we could be sitting here holding just this empty bag of nothingness like the commanders are where they were banking on Ben Johnson. It was abundantly clear that Ben Johnson was the guy. Uh, and now they're sitting here trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, I just couldn't begin to fathom what it would feel like to be a Panthers fan. If that were to be the case, um, glad to hear we were able to come out with the guy that we wanted uh, and, uh, you know what they say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And right now, uh, you know, holding on for Slowick or Ben Johnson to come to the Panthers wasn't a bad, it wasn't a great, great choice. And we had, uh, we had Canales in the hand. So let's hope that that, uh, that, uh, comes to fruition. And this will be a decision that, you know, we look back on as being an absolute banger. First team all stud, baby. Let's go. Oh, I know. We went from the sloppiest coaching staff to the oldest coaching staff to now the male model coaching staff. Uh, Look, you're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast. We break all the news. We're here getting it done as soon as it comes out all the time. In fact, we are way ahead of the curve when it comes to even Steve Reed and Scott Fowler. These guys are trying to make a little headway on Dan Canales' checkered past. I don't know how I feel about their headlines. Steve Reed, uh, new is from the AP, says New Carolina Panthers coach Canales details infidel- infidelity, binge drink, addiction to pornography, and 2022 book he co-wrote with his wife. Boy, they're trying to get a couple of clicks there for sure. But, man, we just need y'all's support by getting in that chat hitting those cat calls. Let's pop into this show, guys. Tonight's show, Dave Canales pitches those salty snitches. Man. (laughs) Dude, I was telling this, okay, our wordplay game, we're we're, we're killing it out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I like it. I like it. Uh, We had a breaking podcast. Last Tuesday, uh, we were talking about who the Carolina Panthers were going to hire. On Wednesday, they announced that Dave Canales would be the new head coach uh, for the Carolina Panthers. We got right out on a breaking news podcast. So, guys, Dave Canales, the Panthers head coach, and now he started to fill out some of his staff. And really, he's been poaching a lot of his connections from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really, guys that he knows, his best friend is going to be the offensive coordinator, but he will maintain play calls. Who is this guy? Not really a great picture right here in the in the right, but another Southern California kid. These guys are the all good looking staff here. The Panthers are hiring Brad Idzik, Idzik as their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Just 32 years old, Idzik continues to fast rise up the NFL ranks. And Dave Canales, how old is Dave? Oh, Dave Canales is 42. So we got a young, good looking staff here. 
We have not heard about the defensive side if Ejiro Evero is going to return. I think they are still potentially thinking about hiring him in Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. And, and now that that situation in uh, Washington is taking the place, uh, you know, I, I think that we might see a potential for him to go there as well. I think Evero just became a top head coaching candidate in the league right now. Which could be problematic for us because you wonder how uh, Carolina is going to handle that with finding their defensive coordinator. Um, Could they bring back Ron Rivera? (laughs) Is that possible? Oh, boy. Uh, Dude, I I wouldn't be opposed to Ron as a defensive coordinator. But uh, look, uh, it's another example of somebody that can now is new in that Seattle organization, and they got along great. They had good chemistry with one another. And uh, they went from Seattle to Tampa Bay with one another. And uh, he's very well respected. Uh, he looks up to Canales a lot. Uh, I even have a clip of them running around uh, doing laps uh, before a home game that uh, we can play here in a minute. But just uh, looking at, there's not a whole lot written about him online. You kind of have to do some digging. But he started his coaching career as a graduate assistant at Stanford in 2014. He was there for four years, and that's when he finally started coaching NFL football to become an assistant wide receivers coach for the Seattle Seahawks. So he has a lot of history with wide receivers. Um, I'm hopeful that a young guy like this might be able to get through to another young guy like Jonathan Mengo. So maybe we're able to see him elevate his game and his performance. And then, um, Again, you know, I know to some it might seem out of the question, like it'll never happen. But hey, those are two guys in Dave Canales uh, and uh, Idzik that Mike Evans does know really, really well. So it doesn't put those uh, rumors. I wouldn't say rumors, but that urge to want to get Mike Evans on the Panthers. Hey, maybe that's a little bit of fuel to that fight. Uh, yeah. One thing I'll, I'll say to that, too, is this is a completely uh, stark difference to what we've seen from either of these two administrations or these two administrations. I've been watching a lot of political news here lately, guys. Uh, either of these two uh, uh, head coaching offices that we had prior to Canales, and that is he's hiring people that he knows. You know, people that have been there with him who are going to have chemistry already. We had Matt Rule come in here, and he basically hired all people that were brand like didn't know who he was. He didn't know who they were outside of uh, Phil Snow, and it didn't work. And honestly, the only thing that did work was the defense while Phil Snow was here. So uh, I think there's something to that chemistry among coaches as well. So I'm hoping that hiring people that maybe we're not seeing as big names are, are going to be a positive for us moving forward. Yeah. I want to mention that and continue to build on that is as we talk about Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick returning to their respective teams. To me, this sounds, there's something I think cooking here in Carolina. Now I'm not going to go and get my hopes up and all of a sudden say Canales is the next uh, best thing since sliced bread right. or whatever it may be. But Dan Morgan, I, I want to see that continuity, that trust. We're hearing the rumors, too, about camping and being a snitch and things like this that are, you know, kind of ruins locker room trust. Well, Dan Morgan went and hired his guy in Dave Canales that he knew instead of hanging around and waiting for a Ben Johnson. And, you know, you wonder, too, if that continuity would have existed 
there as bringing in this hot name, right? And then having Dan Morgan, who has taken a lot of flack from Carolina Panther fans for being associated with the failures of the last three years in so many ways, is I don't know if that would have necessarily created the best meshing point from the beginning. So I like this is that Dan Morgan, not only does he have a past relationship with this coach, but I think that relationship starts the organization on a foot of trust going forward. And if there's ever a time that you needed that continuity, that level of trust, particularly in the locker room and in the front office and towards the fan base, it is now. So I really am, uh, you know, I'm really happy. You know, you can't be, everybody's asked me, they said, I come up, people come up to me and they'll say, what do you think about the hire? What do you think about the hire? And I'm, I'm kind of just even on it. You know, I'm not too high. I'm not too low. I'm positive. I think it could positive work positively. I am a little surprised that Greg Olson isn't talking more glowingly. He's a little reserved about the hire. I guess he's just like Panther fans at this point. It's time to wait and see instead of going out there and, yeah. and over uh, blowing smoke out there. Um, so I mean, you know, he has to feel like like we all do. Why, why continue to blow smoke? You know, why be heavy handed with the praise? when we've seemingly done that two two coaching cycles in a row now. So and a lot has to be earned, but I, I do think that there's there is good continuity and that these guys have a history with one another and that we're hoping that they'll be able to build something well that they'll be able to work together. All right. So let's find out a little bit about this staff. I know he brought yeah. uh, his run game coordinator and as offensive line coach with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to wrap up the conversation of Brad Idzik, uh, we know that Canales will still be the one uh, calling plays, which is what we brought him here to do. So that's no surprise at all. And again, I know we're not going to know this right away. Uh, and it'll be interesting to hear how, uh, Dave breaks these things up when it comes to what the offensive coordinator is responsible for doing in the offense. Uh, and I also wanted to give a reminder that uh, this Thursday at 10 a.m., Dave Can- uh, Dan Morgan and Dave Canales are going to be speaking for the first time to Panther Nation, and we're going to be live streaming it here on the C3 Panthers podcast uh, for our first time listening to our brand new coaches. So hit the like button and stop by. I'll probably have the video up uh, ready to go by tomorrow. But uh, so he will, Brad Idzik will not be calling plays. And literally before the show went live, we got two new updates of more hirings by the Carolina Panthers. The first one is assistant head coach slash run game coordinator, Harold Goodwin, to be the new assistant head coach working uh, alongside the offensive line, uh, another guy from Tampa Bay that Canales had ties with. We also go to our brand new offensive line coach, Joe Gilbert, also coming over from Tampa Bay. So again, I made the joke to start the show, you know, we're the, the Tampa Bay Panthers right now. But um, yeah, they, they seem to have been targeting these guys. It feels to me like they knew the guys that they wanted uh, to bring to Carolina, and and that's what they're doing. Uh, see, uh, Cody, d- dip out and come right back in. You're a little glitchy right now uh, on your video. Maybe that'll help. Uh, one of the things that was talking about or people have been interested when it comes to 
this off or the hiring of what was his name again? The offense, the Dan Gil, something Gilbert, uh, whoever he just said it. Uh, 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 whoever that guy is, we got to look at it here. Joe anyway, Gilbert. Joe Gilbert is um, a lot of people have been concerned with uh, the lack of running game that the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers have had in the last uh, you know year under Canales and, and even dating back before that. But uh, this offensive uh, line coach, what he did or was able to do was really coach up some players at some new positions and some different things like that. They moved, I think, Tristan Riffs to tackle. They had a first-time center. So they had to deal with um, some adversity from the start on their offensive line, and that offensive line continued to improve throughout the season. So I think that that's kind of what we – are hoping that he'll bring to the Carolina Panthers is the ability to get more out of some of these players and maybe find them in uh, their more natural roles or get, you know, I mean, we're thinking Icky to guard type stuff, but I don't think we have the luxury of Icky at guard anytime soon until we can see if your boy uh, returns and is able to maybe, maybe they'll see, maybe we'll see. Well, maybe they'll do a proper evaluation of those two players uh, sometime this training camp. Uh, here's to hoping. But again, Tony, you know, we've now been through two offensive line coaches that were quote unquote highly touted, right? That were well respected around the NFL. Uh, first, it was John Matsko, who everybody said was such a great old line coach. Everybody was wanting him gone in no time. Uh, and then it was the same thing with James Campen. We felt like he hadn't gotten the most out of uh, last year's. Panthers O-line down the stretch. And then now we have all these crazy rumors about um, him being this this snitch. You know, he's basically the reason for the title of the show. Uh, But you had James Campen, who was essentially undermining everything that Frank Reich was saying and going behind coaches' backs and, and reporting directly to David Tepper, creating some of that Hunger Games environment that we've heard of. So Tony, it's so hard for me to even get excited about any of these assistant coaches. We've had such a bad history with them, like not turning out to be who we thought they were. It's like the less I know about them, the better. I almost don't want to know anything about them other Mm -hmm. than maybe they're good with with their players, you know? Yeah. Honestly, the less I know of them, even (laughs) like, like if I don't recognize their name, that's probably a good thing at this point. All right, uh, let's see what else. What do we got next here is we've got uh, the new coaching staff. Oh, here is, uh, we mentioned this, and shout out to Salesman at 95 Keep Pounding on Twitter. Um, He is uh, always a great follow on Twitter. He put this, he sent this to me, and he said, y'all need to talk about the relevance of Tepper's maturation from hiring a sweat hog, shitty dressing clown like uh, Matt Rule to a smooth, cool-looking dude Maybe there is a glimmer of hope. If anything, it's going to get the ladies back out there. We're kind of going to dip into that uh, that Whoa. kind of passion that you saw when you had Greg Olson, Luke Keekley, and K- and CMC, and Cam yeah. Newton. Um, you know, I mean, the girls went gaga for Luke Keekley and Greg Olson. So now they're going to go gaga for Dave Canellis. And I got to say, I'm really – 
most happy that he's a reformed man when it comes to his behaviors, because you would hate for this to end in uh, destroying the Tepper marriage. Well, oh, you know, you, yeah. you know who I, you know who I tend to go gaga for, Mister Strats, when he gives twenty memberships to the C three faithful in the chat. Yeah, that's my boy. Hit the applause, Tony. What are you doing? Oh, I don't even know. Up. Ah! Oh no! I'm all over the place. I'm pressing buttons everywhere. There we go, Strats. You're the homie, man. We appreciate you so much. Uh, if you guys would like to hit the... Uh, oh, look at the, this. More. Yeah, maybe more of them. Flame for Jesus uh, with mm. the five uh, gifted memberships. Man, the boys are out in abundance tonight. Appreciate y'all, man. Hey, C3 Panthers podcast is here year-round. So we appreciate y'all hanging out with the community and stretch playing for Jesus. Y'all are the man. Cheers, boys. Uh, just real quick before we move on from the past, from the new coaching hires, uh, you do like that trust that comes with these guys, the friendship, you know, the things that um, we saw the the problems under Frank Reich's tenure of having just a, a great resumes, but lack of familiarity and it's kind of crazy because frank reich said and and it sucks that it didn't work in so many ways because frank reich said he's never done this before right like he's he's hiring people he's stepping outside of his comfort zone uh matt rule talked about how he didn't know and maybe how um david tepper had kind of urged him to hire like joe brady and the likes of that but one thing i was watching there is a kind of a special that the tampa bay buccaneers put on about yeah. their team this year Watch and the, the whole thing. yeah and the very first thing that dave canellis does is shouts out um harold goodwin and uh that joe gilbert as really being the reason of, for his success as a coordinator in his first year so i like that is i mean he um he he appreciates those guys um and i wonder how much of a was this a up was like, did these guys move up the coaching ladder by coming to the Carolina Panthers or yeah. did, are they lateral moves? No, I mean, you go from wide receivers, coach to offensive coordinator, running backs, coach or assistants, running back coach to assistant head coach. Um, can't remember the other one, but uh, yeah, I mean, these, these were upward movement. Okay, great. Great. Yeah, these stuff. are the, these are the boys jogging around uh, Tampa's, field uh before the game again they're young dudes man they're in shape listen we've talked about how this team has lacked fire for the past few seasons dude we had old guy energy man and i feel like maybe now this is pushing us uh towards getting some energy back in the locker room man that young energy uh it's a football team man you need that uh this is a sport that's uh won by young men on the field and uh Hey, I'm I'm happy about uh, these guys potentially being able to really update our our practices and the way we train and the way that we prepare for these games. I'm hoping that maybe they'll have a better insight on how to keep our guys, you know, training and preparing for the game, but also staying healthy too. Yeah, CK, hit these mugs up with. Uh, we need a little subscriber shame here. Great crowd out here, 151 viewers right now. It looks like we've got 38 likes. If you guys uh, could smash up the thumbs button, subscribe, CK, do what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, 
Carolina Panthers fans, it's a new era in Panthers fandom. We have an actual head coach who decided to come here and not go back to their team. So that's a win-win. That's probably the most wins we've gotten in a long time. And so here we are. We are coming together to talk about it here on the C3 Panthers podcast. And you've come in, opened the door, sat down, but you haven't given us the courtesy of a like. You haven't hit that subscribe button. What are you doing? I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. One hundred. Go ahead, Tony. You go ahead. You you do it better than I do. Yeah, hey man, one hundred and fifty-two people watching. Hit that like. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe for every single time the uh, the Panthers C two Panthers podcast goes live. We appreciate y'all, boys, and hey, we go year round, man. So uh, for all your Panthers news and updates, this is the show to be at. Tony, you want to uh, take some calls? Uh, yeah, I did want to mention Panther Pickle broke some news earlier. It looks like uh, Thomas Brown has gotten a um, job as the passing game coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Uh, so, hey, okay. uh, Thomas Brown, look, and this staff is out. Uh, you know, and I'm glad, actually, before we take this call, I do want to mention this real quick, is if we could talk about this, uh, the Panthers let go of Chris Tabor and – James Campen, which we mentioned earlier about the Campen news. I was kind of uh, shocked. Did you guys, uh, it seemed like a lot of Panther fans were kind of upset about uh, the Chris Tabor or disappointed. I know Tabor has had uh, some real uh, success with not only our special teams, but also with the bears in the past and the Cleveland Browns. But to me is, is that there is some, I don't know if this really would be a great fit. In fact, if, if not, if, Ajiro Evero just wasn't really so good at putting together and getting a lot of that defense. I don't even know if keeping him around would have been the wise move. And we talk about James Camp and being the snitch. You know, I think that this is kind of a necessary thing. And I don't think the Panthers did Tabor wrong, nor do I really have a bad opinion of him as a coach because a lot of people are like, oh, he got put in such a difficult position. We all knew that. I don't even I don't remember anybody being hard on Chris Tabor as an interim. They just felt sorry for him. I will say this. I do feel like it's very hypocritical if you were one of these people that had a problem with us hiring in-house and Dan Morgan because you wanted new people in, but then got upset that we didn't retain Chris Tabor. Like I'm just saying it's like one of if you want to move on and you want to uh is just get a brand new a brand new view on football in your coaching room in your amongst your coaching staff. Why would you want to retain anyone? I mean, Chris Taylor right. did a great job at the end of the year last year as the interim coach. Uh, he got a W for us. Uh, I mean, that was my, a W we didn't really even expect to get. But I, I really feel like it would just be holding on to um, unnecessary. Um, ties to the past that doesn't represent this coaching staff and what we're doing now. So it made sense to me. Agree. All right. Let's take some calls, man. It's time for your cat calls. The numbers two, five, two, 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 eight, 50, 98. Let's get into them. Cody. 
And let's do it. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a who's that kid in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one? Uh, hey, Zigri, this is uh, Seth from Little Washington, a uh, long-time listener to the podcast, first-time caller. Um, Appreciate it, man. Uh, I know you had the podcast about the hiring of um, Dave and Alice the other day, but I, I like to just kind of think about it for a little bit before I let my thoughts be known. Uh, uh, my knee-jerk reaction, I didn't like it, but once you look into them, I mean, it, it's it's not too bad. Um, you know, I'm kind of sitting in the middle right now, not too excited, yeah. but not disappointed. Um I, I mean, I don't expect a whole lot of wins this upcoming season, maybe five or six, but I think it's also the quality of your losses, too. I mean, I think that's why Frank Wright didn't make it a full season. We just didn't even look like a competent yeah. football team Agreed. while we were losing. So if he can win a few more games, you know, just make the team look better when we do lose, I, I, I think that's a win. Um, you know, I think Bryce Young can be better than what he was. Uh, the line and the wide receivers underperformed heavily. I think biggest offseason need is going and signing a big wide receiver if you can and then scouting the upcoming class and getting a good one there uh yeah you know so anyways uh keep pounding love what y'all do keep going man thanks a lot for the call man right Great down call. the road from me that's 20 minutes from my lit where i live my son is turning 16 next month and he is going for his birthday and his friends are going to dinner at the mulberry house in little washington um, and boy, I tell you, stick around for my ice up pick. It's got to be about these car prices, bro. It is difficult out there trying to find a car for a reasonable price. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Chase in Anderson. What's up, guys? It's Chase from Anderson. You know, I up, heard Chase? on the radio the other day that uh, there's some sources saying that the Atlanta Falcons head coach hire was like a settle. They had a settle for more because they're it was like the fifth or sixth on their on their list of wants, and they had to settle for that hire. Really, outside of the Jim Harbaugh hire, all the big hot name coordinators they really didn't get no uh, hiring gigs or or decided to stay where they at. I think a big part of that was the playoffs so far. The the hot name coordinators got made look like fools. Um, as for the Panthers hire so far, Morgan, I wait and see. Uh, I'm not, well, I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic about that. I would just say wait and see. Uh, the head coach, Canales, uh, I gotta say, I kind of like the guy. His, his resume is kind of impressive for what he's done, for what, what he's worked with. Um, let's see, uh, Super Bowl prediction, I think the Chiefs are going to curb stomp the 49ers because uh, Steve Wilkes and the 49ers fans are going to want Steve Wilkes running out of town because he loves running that zone defense. And you can't run a zone defense against elite quarterbacks like Mahomes. Mahomes is going to shred that defense just like, just like Goff did. And Goff is not even that great of a quarterback. Um, I saw a guy. 
Yeah, man. Thanks for the call, Chase. Uh, Chase from Anderson. I agree with a lot of it. Um, I, why do you guys think that Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson returned to Houston? I don't know. Am I the only one that's kind of annoyed by this Johnson guy now? Like, this is the second year in a row that he's like, ah, I'm just going to go back and, you know, like, dude, you're one I of mean, the, it- the hottest names in. And and coaching, and you're yeah. just gonna turn this down as ah, oh, um, we're not ready. I want we're gonna make a push. Okay. There's some, I mean, there's some belief that uh, Tepper pulling uh, in hiring somebody else before Ben Johnson ever. I think a lot of people believe that he was leveraging the amount of money Tepper was gonna be willing to pay uh, for him, uh, and then you know, obviously Tepper pulling out, that market crashed tremendously. Um, I, that's one thought, but the other thought is like maybe he feels like there's unfinished business. I mean, you know, those are his guys, and you know, uh, they 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 came one game short of a Super Bowl. Um, and quite honestly, it wasn't even the offense necessarily that was at fault for that uh, absolute uh, dumpster fire of the second half of the Detroit Lions. Um, so maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe the, the the dude feels like he's he's got some things he's got to finish up there. Yeah, unfinished business is a good way of thinking at it, uh, too. I mean, the, uh, this coaching and that staff has got to be so beloved in Detroit right now just because oh, yeah. of how much success they've had in, in the you know last year and a half. Um, you know, but I do think it's a risk for a guy like Ben Johnson because you have, um, you know, you kind of have this uh, lull in both on offense and really uh, just terrible defense in the second half for the Detroit Lions. So then if next year, if you run into maybe an injury at quarterback or uh, you have, you know, some adversity because you're going to have a tougher schedule probably going forward or clearly you'll have a tougher schedule going forward, um, that, you know, that name, the hotness, the newness uh, of the sexiness of that name can wear off. I'm really interested. I mean, and look, and the commanders flew out there to meet him. And he basically uh, said, you know, kick rocks. Now, I'm really shocked, though, that Slowick hasn't gotten a job. I mean, both of those two were the biggest names of the coaching cycle. Like We did a whole free-for-all that was like, Slowick or Johnson, what team are you on? And, Tony, I think we have a pretty good uh, thumb on the pulse of Panther Nation. I think I can confidently say that – you know, before we made our hiring of Dave Canales, a lot of Panther fandom had soured on Ben Johnson. And this was yeah. even before they lost the NFC Championship game. There were people that were saying, I just, I, I don't know. People just had a, a feeling that this wasn't the guy. And I think last season when you heard that he was going to interview with the Panthers and then just decided not to and then goes back, uh, now you're hearing that he's kind of doing the same thing to the commanders. But mm-hmm. like just a week, just a week ago, they were reporting that it was all but a done deal that Ben Johnson was going to be the next head coach of the commanders. So now that's like two cycles in a row. I don't know. He just kind of gives me bad vibes. I think he was giving that vibe to a lot of Panther fans. Um, and dude, if you're the Houston Texans, did you have to love that you're retaining that same offensive coordinator that made your rookie the best rookie quarterback potentially ever uh, so uh, shout out to the texans and, and the lions man like you said tony like that coaching staff up in detroit they're legendary at this point in time what do you so, guys think about um 
that second half and some of the decisions, the talk of the town has been um, their decisions to go for continue to be aggressive on fourth down. Yeah, um, and morning quarterback. I mean, it's- I agree. I think they did the right thing a lot of those times. And I think when you're a team like the Lions, you know, kind of with that checkered pass. I mean, obviously you can't, you got to go for the jugular in this league. Yeah, and if- tell, go back to the season in the Detroit Lions, uh, uh, 17 game regular season and tell me more than five times that Dan Campbell went for it on fourth and three. And I can tell you that it's probably 90% of the time. And remember uh, when they lost to the Cowboys too, they went for it like three times in a row. And that's when the whole substitution penalty bullshit happened. But yeah, yeah that's their style. Yeah, I mean, they had that one fourth down and then the damn, what is it? Reynolds dro- had some big drops. They, man, if you nothing, everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Lions. Right. Particularly that near interception that turned into basically a touchdown where it like bounced off the dude's head and then um, the receiver yeah. caught it down on the one yard I, line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a tough breaks. Uh, the problem, though, for teams like, and this is where I think, you know, this could backfire on Ben Johnson maybe in the future, is it's hard to get back, dude. You yeah. know, I mean, you think of where the Carolina Panthers were in the 2015 season. You know, if Cam wouldn't have signed his deal the year before that, he would have been fleeing. We would have still been oh, paying that much. Yeah, he's talked about it, too. Yeah. He, he's talked about it. If he would have signed one year later, the money would have been insane, man. Hey, speaking of the money, uh, Sea Dog with the two dollars says, "Keep pounding and fuck Tepper and Price Young." Dang, strong <laughs> words, man. Oh, speaking oh. of, uh, somebody mentioned. Uh, in, in here, we'll go. A chase from Anderson wants one more call. So short when he. Let's see what he has to add. This is Chase from Anderson again. I forgot uh, one quick thing. Uh, a couple several months ago, when they said uh, the the front office and the Locker room atmosphere was like the Hunger Games because of backstabbing and this and that. From uh, from what I understood, things I heard, it was the two coaches that was let go: the special team coordinator and the uh, and the uh, O line coach. Yep, uh, the name slipped my mind, but camping from, from what I from what I heard, it was them two that was going behind Frank Wright's back and creating chaos. Yeah, I think more, you know, a lot of people assumed as the kind of rumors milled a little bit that Tabor was part of it because he got the interim job. Uh, but it looks more and more like it was centralized to James Campen. There's been some uh, murmurs I saw, too, that players in Tepper were, were talking and things like this. I don't know um, how out of the, the norm some of these things are as we continue to hear that Dave Canales and Dan Morgan are, are going to answer to Tepper, probably continue those weekly meetings. It turns out that hey, uh, a lot of a lot of owners do those things. So it, it just look is that, and here is Campin, a guy that uh, Frank Rank retained, you know, from the previous staff Tabor. Yeah. So I mean, is I think that those, if you're Dave Canales and you're looking at you know that kind of relationship that's come, I mean, I think bringing your offensive. I think Tabor is the one that potentially had the argument for keeping because, you know, just yeah. as we, you know, special teams have been pretty good for the Carolina Panthers, probably the best they've been um, since like Ted Ginn was our punt returner in so many ways. But I think this was the right move. Fresh start. I uh, heard somebody say this. I think it was Mac 
or one of, I don't know, one of the guys from WFNZ, and they were talking about how upbeat Dave Canales is, like uh, kind of that cut from the cloth of Pete Carroll, like always optimistic, always just uh, happy and uh, it juiced up and things like that. And they were talking about how we're going to have the most optimistic coach and quarterback in the history of the world. <laughs> That's a good like, point. Everybody is just talking glowingly about everybody. The number is 252-228-5098. Look, I bet you this is G. Cavassier. Paul Cass Brothers, how y'all doing? Y'all know who it is. Everybody. Yep, G. Cavassier. Hey, man, I looked online and I saw that we hired the offensive line coach from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I see that we hired the run game coordinator, too, from the Buccaneers. So, hey, I'm liking so far. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And I'm going to get this off my chest because y'all my boys and all the fans. I love all y'all because we Panthers fans. Please stop talking so damn negative about the damn Panthers, y'all. Everybody will. When when Wright was here, da 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 da, and this and that, and and the past, this and the past, that that was a daggone past. I really believe in Dave. Call it Dave. I'll be mispronouncing his last name, whatever. And another thing, I'm sick and tired of hearing. I keep hearing that he is Mexican. Okay, I get it. He has Mexican in his blood. Okay, race has nothing to do with it. And I'm very, very, very specific when I say that. Cause I've been black a long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care if he's damn Mexican. I don't care if he was white. I don't care if he was black. Who gives a damn about his on race? I just wish the media would stop saying that. Because last time the Panthers had a Hispanic coach, it was Ron Rivera. Okay, we, uh, we know that. Who gives a shit, y'all? But before I let y'all go, let me ask y'all a question. Would you be satisfied with a 9-8 and eight record? Hell yeah. It's not really oh, all that. Yeah. Nine and 9-8 record. And we make the playoffs and we lose in the first round. Would you guys be pissed off? I wouldn't, honestly, but give me your thoughts on that, y'all. I mean, so I think that's the type of change uh, in the right direction that you're looking for. If we go from, what, the first overall pick in the draft that we don't own to one and done in the playoffs, I mean, that's a playoff football team. And I'm assuming... Uh, well, man, but I guess that'd probably be a wild card. I don't think nine and eight would necessarily win the division, but it might. The, the NFC South well, is good. That. I mean, listen, anytime we're in the playoffs and competing for something, uh, in November and December, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'll take that all day. If we're able to do that, that is a big time step up, a glow up, as you will. Yeah, I what uh, what uh, G was talking about with the uh, race. I think if anything, um, a lot of people are interested in the racial diversity that has really exploded into the coaching circle in this hiring cycle in the past one. So you've got um, Raheem Morris in Atlanta. You have um, who who's the guy from Texas again that I always D'Amico uh, Ryan's D'Amico Ryan's. Then you get. Canellis and his is like his is I mean he's Mexican American. I don't know if it's really a huge I mean these things aren't a huge deal. I guess the biggest deal that I learned is that Bryce Young was part Mexican. 
Uh, best joke I Did heard. Did you ever was, learn that that was like a a flub, or is that there's no way that's real? I don't know. Now, Adam Schefter said it, or I think it was Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport on a podcast or something. And then I was thinking, uh, the best tweet that I saw in response to it was, "Is man, you guys just assume he's Mexican because he's short and from California." <laughs> so, I thought that was funny, uh, but no, I'm. Um, I saw, look, Josh Klein just put out a tweet. Well, not just put it out. It was eight hours ago, but I just stumbled across it. He said the theme of the new Panthers coaching staff appears to be alignment on the offensive side and continuity on the defensive side. That is if they are able to retain uh, Ajiro Evero. But, you know, now as some of these guys, I mean, maybe Bobby, I mean, did Bobby Slowick say he's definitely coming back to the Texans? I mean, I, I feel like I saw that. Yeah, I mean, they, he's not going to go and be an OC somewhere else. No, I just was surprised that Seattle isn't interested in him. I don't know who they're going to get. So who are the teams that are still looking for a coach? The Commanders, um, the, Seahawks. the Seahawks, and is that it? Is that what we're I'm down Seattle. to? Go get Mike Vrabel. Like, that's that seems like the easiest Maybe he could be our defensive coordinator. Oh, mm. dude, I would love that. Um, and I wanted to talk about this too because it's it's been talked about pretty much as if it's a done deal, but because the Chiefs are still um, competing for a Super Bowl, we're not allowed to actually make it official yet. But it's looking like the Carolina Panthers uh, they're going to be signing the brain baby Brant Tillis. Uh, he's going to be the vice president uh, of football operations. I believe here in Carolina. So I hope he has a huge pillow for that huge head. Dude, I I hope that uh Dave Tepper buys him like a pure silk satin pillow that's like a you know five hundred dollars. Yeah just to just rest like that protect, just, yeah. yeah, just protect all that knowledge stored <laughs> in that man's head. So some people were interested in why this hasn't been a done deal yet, but it looks like with these front office hires and some of these, even with coaches is that until they're out of the playoffs, they can't, um, you know, formally be declared that they're going, but I know that he's uh, cleaned out his office, right? So his office is cleaned out in Kansas yeah. as well as he did not travel with the team for their two playoff games. And the, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl again. Man, I should have I should have known. The uh, chat know, room was, is always so hilarious every time that we bring up a picture of this guy. What did yeah. they say now? Well, no, just Brant Cerebral Tillis. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and just people like, Jesus, look at that fucking forehead. I know. Uh, yeah, dude, you watch So I Married an Axe Murder and uh, <laughs> the... Mike Myers is a Scottish grandpa in that, and he makes fun of his grandson, and he calls him Heed. He's got a hit, but he's got a, he's like, go cry yourself to bed on that huge pillow of yours. Uh, that's where I, I, I mean, Hey, it. look, dude, no fucking around. Make all the head jokes you want. Uh, the dude is very highly touted. Uh, we had put this up the last time we were going through the GM candidates, but um, to give you some background on him, uh, he has 14 years of experience with the Chiefs, comes from a salary cap and negotiations background in his current role. Uh, he works alongside GM Brett Beach in multiple areas, including cap management and roster strategy. He also helped negotiate the record-breaking deal for quarterback Patrick Mahomes, which runs through the 2031 season. So, 
I mean, look, that was a, a big deal for that organization. Um, I, I, I like this guy. Um, you know, I think now that you fired Samir Suleiman, that was really opening the door for somebody like Brant Tillis yeah. to come in and, and you know, now be in that Samir Suleiman role. My <clears> question <throat> for you guys is what do you think uh, the mixture of Brant Tillis and Dan Morgan do for the guys that we decide to pay or not pay? So does this mean anything for Brian Burns? You know, does it mean anything for Derek Brown? Uh, I wonder if maybe we might see some uh, some moves come sooner rather than later on things like the. Whoops, what the hell was that? My Jeez, bad. Just, Sorry. It's still going. It's still going. Yeah, yeah you're like or... destroyed my ear. Yeah. But no, just what it means for these guys that are looking to get paid by the Panthers. I mean, it's. I don't know what it means, to be honest with you. I don't know what hand he had in the Patrick Mahomes contract, um, the Chris Jones contract. I mean, I I don't know. Um, To be fair, you got to keep in mind, Chris Jones held out until the, you know, they gave him a deal, which was, you know, what, halfway through training camp or what have you. Uh, So, I mean, it's not as though they were out here like, finding a way to make this happen. It wasn't that quickly that they were able to do it. I'm more interested to see why did he take this job? You know, I obviously it could be money. It could be, but I mean, he was, I don't know if this is a direct promotion. What, what was his role with the chiefs? I mean, he's going to be, uh, I don't know if he is vice president of football, vice operation, president, a vice president of, football. of football. yeah. I mean, I think you're going to have, it's got to be a little bit, you know, or else he wouldn't be interested in taking he it. He wouldn't Maybe. be allowed to. I don't think they could block him. Right. Um, I think this is one. I'm just happy to see Samir Suleiman go uh, because I think. He's listed at 6'4", but his eye line is 5'8". <laughs> That's fucked up. He could, get, uh, uh, he could get the Panthers logo tattooed on his forehead. And, yeah, he and, could. Uh, He's got enough room. He, could, could, put, he could put two uh, two end zones on the side. Dude, you could buy advertisement space on that forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so messed up. So mean. Uh, we stop. We're, we're excited about him coming, but I think... Look, is obviously Samir Suleiman. No matter what, people just continue to just say he was a genius, and we didn't really have any evidence for it while he was in Carolina. Um, they, you know, they bungled the talks when it comes to Brian Burns. They weren't able to get that deal done, or at least that's problematic. And really, the Carolina Panthers don't have as much salary cap room as we anticipated, and we're hoping <laughs> somebody said deep hats. <laughs> Deep hats, dude. <laughs> you can't get that low profile lid on that mug. No, that's for sure. No, it's impossible. Uh, uh, it should be the helmet that he would wear if he was in the NFL. So I think this is what if we he, are he talking. Have, about- he wouldn't have concussions. He'd have cone cushion. <laughs> cone cushion. <laughs> You're stupid, dude. Oh, man. What if he speared somebody? Oh, stab <laughs> him right in the heart. <laughs> uh, so he back to the conversation, though, about and with, you know, joking aside, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm sure he's heard his share of those jokes uh, throughout his life. Could you imagine? Um, but uh, for he me, probably what he's in with that head. 
Yeah. <laughs> he uh for real <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys are so dumb. Uh <laughs> I think for me is, and I want to shout out uh, Aaron Duncan on unnecessary bluntness uh, for his take on this. And this is where I'd heard it. He said, look, if you're Derek Brown and you saw what um, Brian Burns went through, you know, maybe you're going to play a little hardball when it comes to the Carolina Panthers to go ahead and get your deal done. Cause your stock is at an all time high of, of getting the pro bowl, uh, not setting the, the record in the history of, football for defensive tackle tackles or whatever it is. So um, I think to me that that's where you're going to come in here and you're going to want him to get to work on that deal for me with Brian Burns. Look is uh, what was it? Who are we asking? It was, I think it was Ricky Rains, And he said the number one step, you know, the sin of the past front office was how they handled the Brian Burns from not trading him to not signing him and being in this limbo part is I think of Brian Burns, if we let him walk and go into free agency, he will make less money than he would make if he stayed here in Carolina. I think he is going to, you know, have to say to Carolina, like, I'm not backing down at all. Um, I was nice to you guys last year. I'm not taking a team discount or anything like that, but I don't think another team would be able, would he would have that type of leverage. He has more leverage with the Carolina Panthers than he does have with another team, which is, I think problematic for us now. And I don't really know how to handle the Brian Burns situation. And to me, he's not number one priority for this front office. It's Derek Brown. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think after this year, a lot of people agree with you. And let's be real. I think that more and as the more time goes on, I think Brian Burns is losing the fan base that he once had. Not that we think he's a bad player, but we're demanding a level of performance and a level of consistency from Brian Burns that we feel like he hasn't met yet. And then he made comments at the end of the year that sort of hinted at him taking plays off because he was afraid to get hurt. All these things that just don't play well from the fan base perspective. Um, again, he was there all training camp. It didn't do the holdout thing. And a lot of fans gave him kudos for doing that. But, I don't know. When you look at uh, other edge players around the NFL, it's just hard for me to put Brian Burns in the same category as some of these guys that he's wanting to get paid comparatively. Um, and I, I, we're still having this conversation. Uh, my the, What I've always advocated for, Tony, is the, uh, I believe it's the supplemental or the conditional franchise tag where we can put a tag on them And if some other team somewhere is willing to give up something for him, either in terms of draft picks or, you know, whatever it might be, a player, whatever it might be, uh, then and we would also have the right to match that. Um, If they made an offer for him, uh, that would be the route that I would have to give a first round pick, I believe, if they um, match or beat the price if you go non-exclusive franchise tag, which would be, I I think, sadly, it would be the next year, but probably would be the most beneficial for the Carolina Panthers. Now, look, is I I was always one of those player people that said Brian Burns is a very good player, but not an elite player. And I hate that. You know, I mean, that's really it sucks. I'm a podcaster. I'm not a football player. He's out there. I believe he's made a pro bowl. He's had. You know, he's done a lot for the Carolina Panthers and arguably 
uh, you know, one of the top three players on our team. So I don't want to, I'm not just saying, I mean, I hate saying that because it's kind of just, it feels rude to say something about somebody who is such a professional and so good at what they do. I think you're right, Cody, though, is that like, I mean, that kind of, it's harder for the elite crowd, though, to make their elite argument. But CK, you've made a big, important point. And I agree with you, too. Tell us what you think about some of the lack of numbers that Brian Burns put up this season, why that was kind of the issue. And Trey Boston, uh, Trey Boston stepped into this. Dang, I should have put the Trey Boston tweets into uh, the discussion. He talked about Kevin Benjamin a little bit, that it was more than yeah. just uh, the injury that was problematic. He wouldn't talk in specifics, though. He wasn't rude about Kelvin Benjamin, but he um, I just agree with Trey Boston. And I mean, obviously, he's a pro football player, defensive player, and he's probably seen more than I have when I'm looking at this. I didn't feel like teams just allocated double teams and chips to Brian right. Burns all season. I thought he over embellished that, it but TK. You have some uh, reasons, and I think I've got some supplemental reasons to follow why Brian Burns' numbers aren't as impressive as they were the year before. Ultimately, it, it was a disappointing year, right? Like, I don't think he performed to the level he felt like he was he's capable of. But I also think it's fair to acknowledge that this defense was rarely playing from ahead. And why that's important is when you look at the Panthers as a whole, we had the fewest pass attempts against us than any other team. And it was not really like even one team was one pass attempt out. Like we were significantly in the lead there, Um, meaning that there wasn't as much of an opportunity to actually get basically pin your ears back and rush the passer. Think about this. We didn't lead in the fourth quarter a single second of the year. A single second. And a lot of the passing that takes place in this in this league is in the fourth quarter because there's somebody playing from behind. And hopefully you have made some wins or you're you're not necessarily a two-win team, a five-win team, a six-win team, whatever it may be, but we weren't. And so these teams, all they had to do was run constantly. And that's inflated our defense's stats overall because it made it look like the yardage was going our way and that the points weren't really being scored against our defense and all that stuff. But it also made it an impact to Brian Burns, uh, you know, pressure rating, his sack rate, uh, all that stuff, right? Um, it's not to justify the performance, right? I think that he would agree that he didn't play his best football this year. But I also think it's fair to look at that and say that can, that's a contributing factor to why it maybe looked as bad as it did. Yeah, I mean, look, is the these defensive ends, particularly these uh, pass rushing specialists, their numbers, the numbers that whether it's true or not, um, that sacks are the only, you know, people say pressures are a big deal. There's other things in the game other than sacks, but sacks get you paid, right? That's what stands out is what people talk about. And while fans talk about it, it seems that teams honor it too when they pay guys by rewarding players that don't have just a lot of hurries, but also pay these guys that have a lot of sacks. But I think you're absolutely right is that the Panthers we're not in a position to be a good pass rushing team period because they were never, they never kept teams in poor down and distance situations. You actually never saw a lot of third and longs 
right? Or, you know what I mean, is that teams were getting chunks of running yards all day long. Um, the, the offense would go out there. They would not play well. Then the defense would come back out there. Teams did not have to do a lot to beat the Carolina Panthers. And you can go right. back and look at uh, the Kirk Cousins game. You can look at, I think, the Baker Mayfield game. And these guys had like 177 yards passing. And they would smoke the team in so many ways. So I don't think, look, is Brian Burns was going to have an inability to thrive just because look, this team was never forcing um, offenses into a position where they had to feel like they had to throw the ball a lot, where they yeah. were on behind schedule and, you know, poor down in distance. But then also, I just don't – I and maybe, again, Trey Boston, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I've been trying to drop hints at him. Uh, can And C3 can continue – the C3 Army can continue to help us get him on the podcast – I just don't feel like it was. I, I think it's more of what CK was saying more than these double teams and chips and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is what Trey Boston put out. He said, Panther Nation, I see y'all tweets and they're funny. By the way, this is him responding to PFF Panthers, uh, basically saying the Panthers defense generated 199 total quarterback pressures this season. It ranked 32 uh, uh, with the league average uh, being 316.09. So he responded to this say, uh, saying, who was on the other side of him? Tell me who. O-Lion literally just set the protection his way, doubled or chipped this man every play. Y'all think we can go into next season without him? It's crazy. He would go on to say, um, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think the game plan uh, makes any of the players' stats look impressive except Derek Brown. Stat-wise, everybody took a hit. Good defense, but nobody shined stat-wise. They did their jobs when needed, though. So, basically, he's... You know, yeah, he's kind of got a little bit of both in there. Yeah, as you alluded to, he mentions all these amount of doubles and chips. Well, one, I would say that the last time that he did have a great player on the other side of him, which was Hassan Reddick, and he still didn't look as good as Hassan Reddick. And then, Tony, we were doing the film room this year. And we looked at most of the defensive snaps. There were so many near misses yet again uh, after another season with Brian Burns on film, just narrowly missing a sack that you know one of these other bigger name guys would have eventually wrapped up on. Then there's also plays where a tight end will block him out of the play completely. And it's things like that that are just like, yes, some of those plays are incredible. Some of them make him look like an average edge rusher in the NFL. And that's what makes the conversation so difficult. Man. Yeah, and I can tell you the player. Spot. I can tell you the player on the other side of him. It was YGM, and YGM actually had some statistically shining games. I missed him. Yeah, I mean, like he wasn't very far behind in Brian Burns and sacks on the season. So, look, it's not a knock on Brian Burns. I think it's a poor situation. I think Trey Boston is right. I didn't scroll down. I got Trey Boston. That's twice. He's got me. He said this. He said, look at the thread. I said, man, I got, you know how much time it is to go dig on all of this. But anyway, um, you know, I think he's highlighting that is that this wasn't really a team where anybody was statistically going to shine except for Adam Thielen. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and Derek Brown did have a lot of tackles, so it was difficult. Let's go to Anthony and Charlotte. We'll take another call, and then we'll get back into the show. What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Hope y'all boys are having um, a good Tuesday. 
Just wanted to call in what and up, say man? what's up and uh, give my thoughts on um, what's been going on so far. So as we saw today, Ben Johnson backed out of the jobs. He's coming back to Detroit. Um, no surprise, honestly. It was, I mean, I would say it's a little surprising because it's like you got jobs and people that are willing to pay you money to be their head coach and actually go into two really good situations in the Seahawks and the Commanders. The Commanders, especially yeah. with all the capital they got, the draft capital and the cap room. Um, but I also think, like he said, it was reported today that he wants to win a Super Bowl. And I mean, they were a couple of Dan Campbell mistakes away from being in the Super Bowl. So that's new. Um, as for the coaches we've been hiring, basically we're just bringing in all the Bucks guys. That's okay. If there's continuity there with the coach Dave Canales and uh, Dan Morgan, that's okay. As I stated before, I'm going to remain neutral on everything that goes on this offseason. Now, of course, if we sign a player like Mike Evans or T. Higgins or Calvin Ridley, then I'm going to be happy because that's a proof or someone that we need to that nature. But as for the coaching staff perspective, I'm just going to go into it with, you know, whatever happens, happens. I really don't know what to expect um, with this organization anymore. But I do want to bring up this thing about how Campton was uh, Pepper's go-to guy in terms of, like, leaking information to him of what's going on. Why the hell do we have that in our organization? That just proves that we have an ownership that to top down issue, which I've been expressing to many people over this past couple months so through the whole season. As much as a lot of our players underperformed, it's been such a toxic environment that it's almost like, man, you have so much working against you if you're a player, just with all the negative criticism that's going on. And then, like, you have coaches going behind other coaches' backs, telling Tepper this and that. I'm glad they're all gone. I just hope Tepper stays out of it. Um, and uh, I know the Super Bowl's two weeks away, but I might as well just give my pick now. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, man. Again. Josh preying on his downfall last week. You think it's going to happen again, man? He's winning his third ring in six years as a starter, man. In all Dude. seriousness, greatness we are witnessing, approved by Tom Brady. He's going to be the GOAT, mark my words. But anyways, I hope that, you know, we can string together some good draft picks and free agency this offseason. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pound. Keep Thank pound. you, Anthony. Good call. A uh, lot. Great to Patrick Mahomes there. impression. Yeah, is um, I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. I did last week because <clears> I'm a, I was a believer in the Ravens. I thought they were um, the most complete team in the NFL. But, man, uh, just one of those things. It's kind of like playing Tom Brady, you know, is like these are the guys – that break the rules where it's just like them alone uh, can dictate, you know, can beat anybody at any moment. And Patrick Mahomes is starting to, where has entered that conversation. Somebody mentioned too, we were just talking about Brian Burns is about bringing in Chase Young. No, no, no. Chase Young is a bum. They're uh, talking about sitting him in the Super Bowl. They should. They should. I don't know if you go and watch him. If you watch him specifically, he's easily he's easy to watch because he's got that long golden hair, right? But he can't. He's slow. He can't. He does nothing to these. Like he's getting no pressure on these guys. They have nothing. No fear of him. And then he doesn't even play hard. Yeah. 
Um, it was a pathetic effort from him. Uh, unimpressive. He's going to have to go out there and do what Jadavian Clowney did and become a one-year mercenary and try to put up a big season if he wants to get a contract. Um, he's going to be cheap as dirt, and I don't want anything to do with him. I'd rather try to bring Brian Burns back than to somehow find a way to get Chase Young uh, on I mean, team. you you go and you have Joey Bosa on the other side and you're still – you're not eating right now? Like, that is – like we talk about Brian Burns not having somebody on the other side of him to not make to not take some of the pressure off of him. I mean, you have Joey Bosa on the other side, like, and you're still not really showing up in the biggest moments. And when he has an opportunity, the dude's literally like jogging, like he doesn't really care. It's it's uh, it really is an interesting situation because this dude was a defensive rookie of the year, and now here we are, uh, you know, just. But four years later, and and he somehow is just, you know, it sucks because you know who should have been defensive rookie of the year that year? Jeremy Chen, dude. Yeah, yeah. And another guy will be interested to see. Not somebody that looks like they're going to fit in Carolina. Um, I know that he's probably seeking a fresh start. This is wild. Tom Pelissero, is that his name? Tom Pelissero? Yeah. Uh, he tweeted this out. Former Panthers. Man, this is about Thomas Brown. Says former Panthers offensive coordinator Thomas Brown has joined the Bears as their pass game coordinator. That's not wild. This is the wild part. Brian Brown, Brian Brown, thirty-seven, was voted the NFL's number two offensive coordinator in a recent NFL PA player poll. That's that's so. That's just uh, ridiculous. What Trey Boston said about the top one hundred players, um, I think, also pertains. Did you see that? Yeah, he said like Everett, that most of the guys throw it away. Yeah. Uh, most guys yeah. vote for themselves a lot. But come on, is like what? What is this? He just got a lot of friends because there is nothing that even puts him in the round. Again, he, first, he, if he's the number two offensive coordinator according to these can players, I, he didn't even get an offensive coordinator job. And there's four I, positions in the NFC South this year. Can I ask you? Is this like? You know how back in the day, I feel like it's, I don't know, it may be the same. These kids may still be as brutal uh, brutal as they were back in the day. But when there was like, when you wanted to bully somebody, uh, one of the things that they would do uh, is vote for them as prom queen. <laughs> you know, or prom king. And, and like, they're... Tony loves it. You know what I mean? Like, like what a great idea. You know, <laughs> so back in the day, that's what they would do to almost bully people, like people who clearly were not prom king or prom queen. Um, and it wasn't like nowadays TikTok version where it's like they're just really trying to be nice and they want to create a nice viral moment to be able to put on their TikTok and go, you know, uh, go become TikTok famous and whatnot. I'm not saying that some of that those feelings aren't genuine. But that's what it really boils down to with a lot so of these mean. things. Now so it's, mean. you know, back in the day, it was we're being mean for the sake of being mean and voting somebody in that clearly doesn't deserve like the me. most prettiest. And they're just, you know, yeah. like uh, smallest forehead. And then you yeah. you think that's what's happening here with Thomas Brown? I don't know. I don't know. Is But he is going to be re- reuniting, it says, with Shane Waldron, who were both on McVay's staff together in L.A., um, I don't know why you would who would vote for this, right? I mean, did Adam Thielen just write his name in nine thousand times? <laughs> um, I mean, that would just it's just I'm just curious. Is it? I mean, he must have. Uh, maybe he's just got a lot of friends. 
Yeah, player friends in the NFL and relationships. I don't know. Is that's just kind of bizarre? It's like I wonder if he campaigned. Bizarre. I mean, that's like, like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And and look, and I I'm kind of irritated by all the people that keep saying that he got a raw deal. Um, yeah, certainly is that he didn't have a situation where we truly get to see him grow as a coordinator from the beginning to the end, and he did get flip flopped around, and people are like. You know, I mean, there were people wanted to bring him back. And look, as I would say, this is that, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody got a raw deal in Carolina this year. They sucked. But I didn't see anything other than you just want to believe in what you believe before the season started to say that his offense or, you know, anything. uh, I just can't fathom that if you're that gifted that you didn't have more of a positive influence on this team. Uh, when it came to game plans and different things like that. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, let's get back into the show. Speaking of uh, people talking about the Carolina Panthers, Greg Olson. I saw somebody put this is uh, maybe it was uh, who's his name, Emmanuel Ache or something like that. Uh, yeah, he, I think he said that Greg Olson was given a master class in, uh, in the booth. In the NFC Championship, he will not. He will no longer be with Fox in the number one role, um, and not going to be with Fox. Period. I think he's probably going to be courted by CBS or ESPN going forward, or some one one of the other networks. You would think, uh, but uh, because Tom Brady is going to be taking, uh, he's got a, he's already got a thirty three hundred thirty million dollar deal in place with Fox to do to take that position that Greg Olson had. So. Greg Olson says, you know, I mean, he's open to a lot. He really believes that he put out some really good tape, which he did. I think he was very informative. I think he uh, is kind of like, um, you know, what you were thought Tony Romo was going to be until Tony Romo just kind of, you know, a lot of people are irritated with Tony Romo's calls and the way that he handles the color commentary at this point. But Greg Olson sat down. Uh, with Joe Person for one-on-one because uh, the hardest yard, I think they're having, an, uh, Greg Olson was having an event for his charity going back to, um, what is it, the Levine Hospital uh, oh, in yeah. Charlotte. The hardest Children's yard, Hospital. Right? Yeah, the hardest, hardest yard in honor of uh, the things that, you know, happened with his children and how important that institution was for them. So he sat down with Joe Person and he was asked about uh, the, the Carolina Panthers because a lot of people believe that um, Greg Olson has a future in the front office. Some people I saw made a reference to the trajectory. I think this was actually Ricky Rains that said this. I saw it this morning on Twitter that if you look at uh, who's the GM for John, John Lynch, John Lynch was in the booth the year before. Uh, he took over as the GM for the San Francisco 49ers and hired Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and kind of developed a glowing, uh, you know, where he kind of gushed over Kyle Shanahan at uh, at times throughout that season. I think that would have been the Atlanta Super Bowl run that that would have happened. So a lot of people, I think Ricky Reigns was suggesting that maybe there's a similar trajectory of Greg Olson going into the front office. And a lot of people have been impressed with his football knowledge um, and gotten as, as he showcased it as a color commentary, color commentator. Uh, Joe Parson asked him this. Dave Canales was with you in the tight end room in Seattle in 2020. 
I know he has a lot of energy and has done good things with Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield, but he hasn't done it for very long uh, as a coordinator. Any concerns? This was Greg Olson's response uh, per Joe Person, the athletic. Go subscribe to the athletic. Great content, Joe Person. Uh, great beat writer. We're lucky to have him uh, for the Carolina Panthers on the Carolina Panthers beat. Greg Olson's response was a save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I really like Dave. I got to spend a full season with him. He spent every single day in our tight ends room. He was a passing game coordinator. My understanding in the years prior, he spent time in different rooms. I think that was part of him learning different positions and continuing to build. I think that was the philosophy him and Pete Carroll had as far as expanding him as a coach. We both love talking ball. We love trading ideas. He was very open-minded, very smart. He's got a lot of energy. He's ultra positive. That's kind of their trademark there in Seattle. That's Pete. When he got the job in Tampa to go to be the offensive coordinator, I was really happy for him. He had gotten passed up a few times for a promotion to offensive coordinator in Seattle. I think he is really he was ready to spread his wings and be on a different staff different perspectives and be able to make his impact. I think he did a really good job helping Tampa Bay get to the playoffs was no fault, small feat. I thought he made Baker play well as Baker's played maybe in his entire career. So I mean, that's a positive review. Um, I don't think he was uh, saying that. I mean, he doesn't come out there and say, these guys got the right guy. This is a, you know, I love this hire anything. And I think CK, you were the one that said it is that that's just kind of the tone we all kind of have when yeah. it comes to Canales or anybody we're going to hire him. And that's why we were f- kind of fading on um, Ben Johnson, because we thought that that it was going to come with too much celebrity power, too much expectation. And so, and then we would have been overexcited and that could lead to, I think this is creating a good environment. Hopefully Dan Morgan um, and the, these hires and the way that fans are looking forward to this, that they'll give Dave Canales the appropriate time to develop as a coach. And I am not a one and done type of guy that thinks it's good to fire a guy right out the gate. But I think things were in Car- so bad in Carolina, it was the right move to release, uh, to f- move on from Frank Reich. Oh, I think I you're going to have to be far more patient with this new staff going forward. And they brought him in for one single reason, CK, and that is because of the work he's done with quarterbacks. Uh, in the past, and he is yeah. there to to get Bryce Young on the right track. No, I, I, of, I agree wholeheartedly. Speaking of that, they asked Greg Olson about uh, uh, Bryce Young and you know how Dave Canales is going to have to try to handle him as a player and what his future is going to look like in Carolina. Uh, he started out talking about Cam, and he said basically, and I don't have this in this, but he was like, look, if people want to compare him to Cam, I don't really feel like people have compared him a ton to Cam entirely. But I think what his point was is not as a, is that just, man, Cam had so much instant success, you know, and Bryce Young didn't. And he said this is that his game is just a lot different than Cam's. And that game might take more time to translate into the NFL than a guy who is 6'5 and can run over people or throw a football through a piece of plywood. He said this, 
The pocket needs to be right for Bryce. That's just the style that he's played since he was in high school. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in high school and college and so forth and uh, so on and so forth. He's going to need guys around him. He's going to need an offensive line. He's going to need a system that plays to his strengths. And I think that was a little bit of the disconnect. He's going to need, Greg Olson says, some things to go his way. But to have just an all-out indictment and say his rookie year is what he's going to be the rest of uh, his career, I don't think it's fair. The coaching situation with what we were trying to ask him to do schematically, the personnel around him, then losing your coach halfway through the year, it was about as bad as a situation for a rookie quarterback as one could work within. Let's take a deep breath and see what this next year or two has uh, uh, before we have a clear picture. And this is why I think we like Greg Olson so much in the booth is because he's informative, but it also is, I mean, it's kind of spot on. Reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Reasonable. Um, I also like that he's saying we uh, still, uh, when it comes to talking about the game plan, we've got to be doing this. We got to do that. Um, that tells me he's still bought in uh, to the Panthers. I know he never really wasn't bought in, but I, that that part is, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I'm a sentimental guy, and I like to see when legends come back and they actually feel like they were a part of uh, Panthers Nation and that we're family, you know. But um, I do agree. I think everything he said was a hundred percent correct, um, and I like that he also. You know, acknowledge. I mean, he was, he was, he's not overly excited. He's doing exactly what we all should be doing. And that is, let's, let's keep our, our minds open. But at the same time, it's okay to stay a bit reserved. Yeah. Uh, I think this is um, maybe a dose of reality for Carolina Panther fans, uh, as we have been on cloud nine uh, when it came to drafting Bryce Young to start the superstar coaching staff next up greg olson asked was asked how he if he was in the front office would fix the carolina panthers and this is going to drive some fans crazy uh he says this he was asked if you're the gm what are your three offseason moves for the panthers he said look as everyone gets really excited over big time number one receiver we've seen uh in the playoffs look at green bay they have some young receivers that are crazy talented, but none of them are first-round picks. They didn't go out and sign some big-time free agent. They have a great system. They drafted really well. Look at the Lions. Amon, Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, an all-pro player, but he wasn't a top-five pick. He wasn't some high-priced guy. He's a guy they developed. He's a slot receiver. He's big and strong. He's got the intangibles, and he's playing in a very friendly offense to the skill players and the quarterbacks. I don't think you need to panic and go and go out and pay a 25 million uh, player to who pay 25 million to whoever the top free agent receiver is just to check that box. I don't think that they're one player away. I think it's going to be a roster depth. Uh, it's going to great drafting, signing the right free agents. And then it's going to be about coaching and playing to the strengths of the guys you already have under contract. I think you saw Jiro Evero do that on defense this year. They developed a lot of talent on defense. A lot of guys that weren't expected to play. And I would argue that they play well above expectations. That's coaching. That's what the NFL is. And you're not always going to inherit an amazing roster. You've got to make the most, the best of what you have. And I think that's what Dave's approach will be. Cody, how do you feel about him saying you don't need to go and get a T, maybe T Higgins, Mike Evans. These guys aren't the appropriate move for the Carolina Panthers this offseason. I mean, listen, most of my time watching football this past couple of years, I've been of that same belief that really you should be drafting wide receivers 
and building up that talent in-house rather than going out and paying top dollar for one that is going to eat up so much of your cap. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I understand his reasoning. and Like I said, I've agreed with him for the most part. But I just feel like, man, the, we need something. We need some kind of connection for Bryce Young going into this next season that fans can feel better about. Because it damn sure isn't Jonathan Mingo. We don't reasonably know if Adam Thielen's going to be returning after his comments about talking about how things change. Um, and I, I don't know. You could draft someone else this year, but but again, you're you know you're talking about hitting on these rookie wide receivers that to this point have not worked out very well for Carolina. So I would like to see maybe a T Higgins come here. Um, you know, maybe, um, Calvin Ridley is someone who would be on the, on the free agent list that the Panthers could bring in that, uh, he was in the same draft class as DJ Moore. I don't know. I, I, I would, I think I'd rather go out and get someone. I tend to agree with him here though, is that I think he's spot on saying you're not one piece away. You know, you look at some of those teams like the Buffalo Bills that went and traded yeah. for Stefan Diggs, and they were close, you know, and all of a sudden their offense started to take off. You know, they got the – they really – they were in a position that that needed to start to happen. The Carolina Panthers have a lot of issues, so I don't think a wide – a top-tier uh, wideout in free agency is going to fix all those issues right out the gate. And I think I understand what you're saying is that, look, is uh, it's going to be difficult to work through the draft. You don't got a first-round pick and you got some different things and – this isn't going to immediately uh, create the best um, opportunity in that wide receiver room or the best talent. But I think he understands that this is a multi-year process for the Carolina Panthers going forward. And it's like, is that that um, is kind of a short-sighted goal? And I'm surprised he didn't reference the uh, Houston Texans a little bit with Nico Collins. And um, yeah. uh, who did they get? The the little guy. Yeah, Tank Dell and Noah Brown. Right. And I, he does say you're going to have to go out and get the right free agent. So he's not saying like you just bring back the guys and you run it back and you just have to just wait and be content with nothing. But I don't think he's I think he's saying like you've got to build this team um, with a longer vision um, going forward. And I think, you know, you're really talking about allocate more attention to the offensive line and you're probably looking two or, you know, two years down the road before maybe you're eligible to go out and pay that big time receiver when you're ready to make your splash and you feel like you're one piece apart away. Uh, but the Carolina Panthers are going to need to find somebody uh, through the draft over time. I'm not, I'm not uh, out a mingo, right? Man, that didn't have a great season. I told you, I've told you guys over and over. That's very difficult for a lot of these mid round. It's very rare that these, players come in in their rookie years and have so much success and I think the problem for Mango is similar to the problem with Bryce Young and that was is that when you see somebody else on the on another team who is a rookie having so much success you think of Zay Flowers you think of Tank Dell you think of uh, who's the guy for Indy also had a from Carolina he had a great season whatever they drafted and so not only did Mango not have a great rookie showing and there was a lot of problems with not only his play, but look, I mean, I think Greg Olson would probably talk about the coaching being a, a big part of Mango's lack of development there. Um, but then you had those other examples that then make you feel worse on Mango. 
I don't, I mean, like when we got Jonathan Mingo, I don't think, look, as we were optimistic because of some of the things, you know, like his physicality, a lot of people said he was playing the wrong position that he really should be in the slot. Um, but Adam Thielen, because he's, you know, the veteran guy, that's the, I mean, he's going to be the appropriate person to put in the slot there. So maybe, maybe you get him in the slot. If Adam Thielen doesn't return, maybe he makes uh, some progression there, maybe some better coaching helps, but I didn't think that all of a sudden Jonathan Mingo was going to be like offensive rookie of the year or something. Right. But he just had up, you know, there's a lot of visually bad plays that a lot of, and, but nobody was safe on this Panthers team. So it's like this. I mean, if you think, think about all the criticism Bryce Young got, I mean, you know, Jonathan Mingo is going to get some hate. Yeah. I mean, especially when you see so many, like you alluded to, so many other rookie wide receivers that are able to come into the NFL and uh, and have that success. Yeah. Yeah. Dominate, man. And just nothing of the sort from uh, from Jonathan Mingo. Again, we're, we're we were hoping that he would be uh, an AJ Brown type of player. I mean, that's a well, little. I mean, the, the, I mean the, it's the, not out of the realm of uh, possibility. I mean, I think wide receiver is a lot. Um, like I think he has just, to be a better route runner. He he's, he ran the laziest yeah. routes that you've ever seen. He got bullied uh, at the line of scrimmage when he had to uh, run block. He just needs a lot more to his game. A lot. I think the Panthers may have put him in too quickly. I think the Panthers may have been a little too um, optimistic about him. Like maybe he was given too much right out the gate. You know what I mean? Basically, he was a starter from day one in some ways. You know, and I don't know if that was the appropriate move where you had some other guys. I mean, like, yeah, I guess Demir Bird got hurt and some different things like that. But like uh, the Smith, what's the return guy Amazing. i don't know maybe they gave him too much like is like you just they said hey we expect you to be great from day one and maybe that was a coaching error on their part you're listening to the longest running panthers podcast it's the c3 panthers podcast the number is 252-228-5098 smash the thumbs up button cody how about we take another call before we get back into uh greg Olson in the booth or any we got a lot more to talk about but we're rocking and rolling and moving Let's plow through a call or two. Uh, let's go to, hey, I mean, you want to talk about uh, if Dave Canellis is the most upbeat, optimistic guy on the Carolina Panthers, I got to say, D from Sanford, you might be it for the C3 Panthers podcast. What's going on, my C3 family? D, D? Sanford, North Carolina. Shout out to the great Tony Dunn, to the homie Cody Light. The code Okay, shut the hell up, Panther Pickle. Muscle marinara, that effing guy. The awesome Crispin Ladane, and everybody needs a G-Baby. So, you know, we've kind of had some days to sit back and process so far the state of the Carolina Panthers. And even though, you know, I'm keeping a very optimistic outlook, I'm, I'm always about progress and so forth. The one thing that I'm I'm taking teeth in that I could really be fooling myself, but at least right now I'm enjoying fooling myself, is that, like, if you notice, Canellas brought in his man for OC. 
Um, I think a guy that was the assistant head coach for the Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken, don't really want to give no bad information, but I think he's bringing him in. And then, you know, he, he got Tabor out of there and some of the others. So I'm really thinking that Tepper's taking a step back and letting these gentlemen do it their way, at least early on. And I'm hoping that that is the case. I think that we can start to see, see, even if it's just incremental change and incremental progress, hey, it's better than where we was headed to in 15. Hey, anything helps. I'm interested to see how the rest of the staff is going to develop. And, you know, this is that real awkward part of the season when you know your team's out of it and there's a lot of ifs, coaching changes again, and you're just ready to know stuff. So that's just really where I'm sitting at. Just wanted to shout y'all out. The longest-running Panther podcast is out there. The dopest Panther podcast out there. I love hey, every Keith. single one of y'all. Hey. Keith. Pound. Keith pounding, brother. Yo, another incredible call by D from Sanford. And he made a lot of good points, man. I, I mean, I once you examine this history, brother, I think we have a reason to be optimistic, man. I really do. And I know that we've been optimistic seemingly every year uh, going into the season. But, hey, that's all we got to hang on to, man. Um, I like what they're building. I think that we're moving in the right direction. Let's just hope that we can get some talent on this team. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, is the optimism for us at this moment is not the optimism that everything is going to work out in the Panthers are about to have the next best thing ever, uh, the next Sean McVay or, you know, Kyle Shanahan. But I think the optimism has to be this, is like we have to move forward, right? I mean, the team has to continue to move forward. And to be honest, as we look at uh, Ben Johnson return to the Lions, uh, this is um, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock that people thought, and his asking price spooked some teams. Right. And um, yeah, I think there might be some we might find if this hopefully I mean, I mean, obviously on this podcast, we're going to I mean, we got to talk. We're talking about the Panthers every week in this long form setting. And we'll be here next week and the week after Uh, we've got to find reasons to believe. Right. Or we don't I mean, not find reasons to believe, but obviously our discussion has turned over every stone, it feels like under the David Tepper regime. And, you know, this might feel like the most natural hire we've had in a while, right? And what I mean by that is you didn't get the shiny toy. You know, it's kind of like my son's going to go out there, um, and I'm trying to because he's a good kid, uh, makes great grades, very responsible, way far, way different than his dad uh, in so many ways, uh, so much better. I'm so blessed that my kids are better than I am, and he is certainly that. But, you know, I mean – I'm not going to go out there and buy him a Beamer. A, I can't afford it, number one. But B, is like it's just not appropriate. It's not the appropriate trajectory for a 16-year-old kid in his first car to have a brand-new car. Or to, you know what I mean? That's just like, especially, but... You'd be one cool dad, though, to get him a Beamer? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I was David <laughs> Tepper, I could do that. And what David Tepper has done is gone and bought the shiniest car, right? Yeah. Um, he has gone out there and got the coolest toy, um, and instead of getting the, 
you know, kind of the natural progression of 16-year-old kid. You know, he's going to bang that that sucker up. There's going to be nicks and bruises and probably accidents. And God bless. Hopefully, they're not major. And hopefully, everybody stays safe. But, you know, he's, you know, he's taking these big swings. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if Frank Reich was necessarily a big swing. But he didn't go out there and spend bukus of money on Ben Johnson. And maybe Ben Johnson wasn't interested in it. We don't know exactly what it was. But this kind of feels like, hey a team that right now all we can do is put one foot in front of the other and move forward. And you're hoping that, you know, that this is a step forward rather than backwards, like it has been for the last couple of years. Um, let's go. Let's see what we got up next. C3, what's up? This is Josh. Uh, always in the chat, first time. Coming. Josh, what's up, buddy? Just wanted to shout you guys out, man. Y'all do a phenomenal job. Love the show. I work second shift, so I don't always catch every one of them, but y'all are great. Listen, Appreciate I think you, that we're doing fairly well right now. This feels a lot different than last season. You know, it was like David Tepper just hiring all these big names. This one feels more like a family. Oh, this is right on time. Now it's bringing in his yeah. people. You know, we got to get rid of that Hunger Games situation, you know. Um, other than that, I'm going to say one other thing before I get cut off. Um, I think that Malik Washington, the wide receiver, is going to fall. That is my prediction. I had Tank Dell last off season. We passed up on him. This guy, if you go watch some film on him, reminds me of Tank Dell and Steve Smith. I'm telling you right now, that is the guy we should get. We can get him in either the second or third round. Anyways, that's my opinion. Love the show. I'm going to shout out Dees and Pickle also. Uh, Tony, Cody, PK, and Greg, wherever he is, keep pounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great call. Great call. And that, uh, it, man. Right on time talking about the Carolina Panthers coaching staff, the um, the type of hire, I think, and the appropriate hire in some ways. And luckily, like CK brought up at the beginning of the show, we may have won the coaching hiring for the type of guy we were looking at since Slowick, Ben Johnson are returning. And again, uh, you know, maybe te- temper, uh, temper some of those expectations uh, and build this thing, you know, uh authentically and like what greg olson is talking about is like it's not you're not just a a coach away you're not just a player away right there's a lot that the carolina panthers are gonna have to get better at a lot of work for dan morgan a lot of work for dave canales a lot of work for all all these players um so one you know just keep chugging ahead he brings up a this is cody's territory as man you guys are gonna have to you're gonna have to start really looking at some of these college players yeah. And actually, we'll skip to this. Do you see, weren't the Dave Canellis and them putting in some work? Uh, I think Dan Morgan and him, we had a picture of it somewhere. Here it is. Uh, Panthers tweeted yeah. this already at work. I guess, is this the Shriner Bowl? Oh, Shriner this weekend uh, is the Reese's Senior Bowl. Okay. Uh, so, uh, a lot, they're already doing the. Uh, O-line, D-line drills, the wide receiver drills. People are already posting clips. Uh, Luke McCaffrey is out there, uh, Christian's younger brother, uh, running uh, running drills. So uh, that's um, that's going on right now. And, dude, they're, 
they're out there scouting the players. They're already on it. And I do like the fact that Dan comes from a scouting background because I think that's what we need at the top of our organization, someone that can identify the talent. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. I know everybody keeps talking about keeping Evil Raw around about the idea of getting this uh, compensatory draft pick if he gets a head coach job. But honestly, I don't see him getting one being the deepest of quarter Air Force next year. And I think after getting passed over twice, we, we all let him go somewhere. If he wants to go somewhere, maybe trade him for a sixth-round or a fifth-round pick or something. But but I think it would do a lot of good within the NFL community and coaching community to go ahead and build up the goodwill and let him go somewhere. Like I'm here, he wants to go to Green Bay and work for Matt LeFleur. They were together under McVay with the Rams. And let him go do that and let him have his chance to go build his highest profile he can. Sure. Because God knows Green Bay will probably be in the playoffs next year. Who knows, maybe even in the – NFC championship game, and that might finally get him his shot at a coaching job as a head coach because I don't think he's going to get it on a losing team. And unfortunately, we are going to have a winning year next year, even if everything goes perfect. Just wonder your thoughts about that. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we'll continue to monitor the Ajiro Evero situation, and there's a might be a good chance he's he's uh, interviewed twice with the Seahawks. Um, so there's a good chance that all of a sudden we lose uh, Evero, and that this uh, Dave Canales is looking for um, a defensive coordinator out there now. Connor Orr, who has followed Dave Canales, who have also been reach man, I guess these guys when they have a hundred thousand followers or whatever they are is probably their yeah. DMs are just exploded. So, you know, it's like uh, probably getting lost in that. Uh, but I'd love to get him on the show to talk because he's followed uh, Canales and he wrote some of his early pieces before he was hired a head coach. Before these guys are kind of digging into him, uh, he said lots. This was January twenty fifth, so five days ago. He said, lots in the air right now, but I pay attention to names like Leslie Frazier and Tom Cable in Carolina uh, for some of the defensive staff. Man, maybe we could get uh, Pete Carroll, defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, Pete Carroll. I mean, who would you prefer, Uh, Ron or Pete? Ron. Neither. (laughs) I mean, if you're talking about just those two, Ron. Yeah. Really? Then Pete? Why? Because Pete's just going to be the celebrity. And like everybody, uh, yeah, it's a big shadow. Yeah, it's a big shadow for all the air in the room. Yeah, I mean, um, you gotta, it's. I think there's a there's a reason that not a lot of uh, head coaches hire their former head coaches. Uh, like a like Ron did it once, you know, with North Turner, but it's not. It's a pretty rare rare thing that you're gonna see head coaches. Uh, you know hire a, a guy who used to be their boss. Yeah, I don't mean it's not really a you know the the appropriate role. I don't think Ron would be good for the Carolina. You know, I mean, it's just too much of too much baggage, too much sure. you know things in the past. Um, Aries Claire, who is on Twan Don's back podcast, she says Leslie Frazier is culture guy. If ever I was not retained, uh, that would be an interesting direction to see the Panthers go. Frazier was a dark horse candidate of mine for a head coaching opportunity as well. Um, I think you're going to need a guy to that's a team player. Yeah. If you go out there and you get, um, if, if for some reason we're unable to retain uh Giro Evero and that's a guy who 
that head coaching cycle has passed them by a little bit, you know, who their idea of the prime job for them is a, you know, a defensive coordinator position. Yeah. So I don't know if um, a guy like, uh, why is his name escape? Uh, former coach of the Tennessee Titans now. Who we wanted Rable. as a Rable. Rable. You know, I don't even know if that's a perfect, a good, like even, you know, it's that just one, like. Still, same thing. I think that's a shadow thing in my opinion. Agreed. Especially too, when you start, if you run into the adversity that we have to, in some ways, anticipate that the Carolina Panthers. And it's this, always going to be Vrabel's here. Yeah. I mean, you should have hired him anyway. Let's just go ahead and make him interim and hire him again. You know, that type of thing. All right. Let's go to the next goal. Hey, guys. I know everybody keeps talking about keeping evil roll around. Is this the one that did I just play that one? Uh, Yes. Okay. Next call right here. Hey, this is Josh again. Can't believe I'm calling in twice, but I got to do it. (laughs) All right, listen, let me talk about the Bryce Young situation. Look, I have been pretty good. I am 45. I know that is a current picture. Um, I'm telling you right now, I watched the Panthers since the beginning. Bryce Young, what I saw this past season, he's going to be good. You just got to give him an offensive line, some weapons, and a good coach. <laughs> Everything. Now, I had watched the games. I watched the beatdowns. And I saw everybody dumping on him. I'm telling you right now. Give this man some people around him and a good coach. And he is going to be legit. All right. Peace out, C3. Love you. Um, I, love the, I love the call. Um, I mean, obviously, is this is. This is why I like Dan Morgan as the higher guys uh, for the GM position is everybody's saying clean house, clean house, clean house. But I think, um, you know, Dan Morgan is the appropriate guy to be the general manager in the first place, maybe yeah. over a guy like uh, Scott Fitter going back three years ago. Um, that history, that connection to him in Carolina, it's not a heartstring thing, but I think it's a care, you know, is like a connection is an investment in the team and the organization and really trying to get them to a place where he's tasted almost success that to, you know, but the failed at the greatest stage in the Super Bowl. you know what I mean? They're so close. So I think he would love to have his name associated with, you know, the Panthers getting that Lombardi. So I think he, he would be in it. You know I mean? I think his, his heart's in the right place is going to be in the right place, but I think it's really important is whether Bryce Young is going to be great or not. And the future is he is our future. He's our near future, at least for the next two years. Yeah. We've invested a lot. And I think it's important to have a guy who was there and when you drafted him and remembering why you draft him at that moment, just because things didn't go perfect in his good first season, just because Shroud, you know, was hit lightning a bottle in Houston. You got to have a memory of why you did this in the first place. Like, it's kind of like a marriage going through problems. It's like, why did we get married in the first place? We got to remember the good things just because we're hitting a rocky patch here. And I think Benan Morgan brings that to the table. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I think I think uh, the Dan Morgan offering some some connection to, to Bryce Young, I think, is is a smart, smart move. Uh, more, again, not my first move, but I think there is a. Um, the you know glass half full mindset that you know that that's the positive if you're looking at Dan Morgan. 
I think Josh is right too. I mean, as we saw some, you know, I think the, despite the struggles that Bryce Young had this season, we all can see that it was a total failure on this team, not a Bryce Young failure. You know, it wasn't like, I mean, it's like, look, could he have played better? Yes. Could he have, you know, I mean, did he live up to the hopes that we had? Probably not or no. Uh, And it was hard seeing C.J. Stroud over there doing, uh, having arguably the greatest rookie season a quarterback has ever had. But I think you saw some tough, some real toughness uh, out of the kid. Um, You know, he didn't get hurt. Thank God. Yeah. He got beat up. Um, and I think you did see some moments where you're like, hey, this is, I mean, if you get these things that any quarterback kind of needs, except for those Cam Newtons, Josh Allen type players, that um, he, you didn't, I don't think I came out of it going, he can't play in this league. Or I know right. I didn't. I didn't have that feeling. It was just like, hey, this is kind of who he is, short Alex Smith. Yeah, man. I mean, there you go. I think the reason why it's a hard pill to swallow is because you traded up to number one for what is perceivingly average to hoping to be, you know, that game manager style quarterback. But that's our quarterback, man. We're not bitching. Uh, I just think that I know there are a lot of fans that they're not going to believe in Bryce Young until he goes out there and proves it. And I think right now there's a lot of people that do believe Bryce Young is a bust. Some people think I'm one of them. I swear I'm not. But Bryce didn't do anything to inspire any kind of confidence. And with the type of expectations that we had, were they too high? Absolutely. That goes without saying. But I just to, to not have so much for fans yeah. to be able to buy into in the future, that was a tough blow considering all we gave up for him. Now the entire conversation has moved to what can we put around him over the course of this offseason to help make his time here in Carolina a little, a little easier. I just hope Dan Morgan can do it, man. I'm pulling for him. Jay Doe, Doe, I'm not really sure why you're going so hard in the paint in the chat right now. Um, so, look, it's, uh, you know, it's okay to have opinions and you know, have good fun. I don't know if it's necessarily uh, – the best strategy, just attack, attack, uh, charge, or block. Was oh, it? Block? I didn't even realize that he was going. And it's just a little him. hard in the paint, you know. I don't know. I haven't been following it closely, so let's. Uh, you know, we're building the community here together. Yeah, we we're, can talk everything we want about football, but don't talk about other people and yeah. keep the personal shit out of it. And everybody's right. going to be all right. Let's go to Joey the Blind Panther, aka Wakanda Forever. Hey guys, it's the somehow, aka Joey the Blind Panther. And I want to talk to you guys about Dave Canales, just like everybody else wants to talk about Dave Canales. You know what? For what we're trying to do, we're trying to build around Bryce Young. You really can't get, I mean, you really can't get much of a better hire outside of guys that aren't going to want to come here because, you know, reasons. But Dave Canales, look at the look at the track record he's had. He's taken two quarterbacks that no one really believed in, and Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield, and um, and turned them into playoff quarterbacks. And we all know why Baker Mayfield wasn't believed in. Oh, believe me, do we know it all too well? 
And David Dave Canales took that bump and turned him into, you know, and and put him at the center of an offense that put up 31 points in a playoff game. Granted, it was a falling apart Eagles team, but it was still an offense that put up 31 points in a playoff game. Okay, last year with Geno Smith, wild card playoff game. They didn't win because they were playing the 49ers and they got beat because that's what everybody does. But uh. And now I want you to look at height of the quarterbacks. Geno Smith, 6'3". Baker Mayfield, 6'1". Bryce Young, 5'10". But I think he has the, he has the mental, uh, sharpness of a veteran, but he's not up to spec, his, his, his knowledge isn't up to spec on some things. And I think Dave Canales can really help Bryce Young, really help get the most out of him. Take a guy that no one believes in right now and, and take him and take him to the promised land. Take us to the promised land. Believe me, we'll go on the, we'll go to the promised land with freaking El Chapo. You know, as long as we get there, we don't care. But, um, he's, I love the hire. I think El it's Chapo. great for the Panthers, especially our offense. And have you ever heard of this guy named Mike Evans? I think he used to play for Dave Canales, and uh, I think he has 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons, and we're trying to get him to come here. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. I really can't see Mike Evans coming here, to be honest. I agree. Group. I agree. Why not? His entire career in Tampa, he's a, he's a lock hall of famer. I just don't think, I mean, is like, if anything, if you don't, he wants to go to a contender. Yeah, he's going to go to a contender, but I also think he's built that chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Um, and let's be real about it. He's not going to go to a team that has a quarterback that isn't proven right now. Like, he's yeah, I mean, and he was already kind of voicing his concerns about that when Baker got there. Right. Right. Is like, is you either going to give me the money to stay here or I'm going to go get it on a team uh, that is competing? And it was just that he got another thousand yard season because they ran that offense through him uh, so much. I think it was good. I just said, you know, it just seems like it would, I would hate for a guy that is um, I'm sure Tampa Bay fans would hate, would not be happy um, with Mike Evans and his legacy. If he went to a division rival like that. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention about Dave Canales offense. And I do, I'm really excited about it for Carolina in some ways. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm excited about any offense in Carolina because we haven't had any. Um, But I think that so much we get locked into buzzwords and conversations about like, it's just like it's motion, matching motion. You know what I mean? Like you you heard Thomas Brown talk about these things a lot and they sound good. Um, But it, it, it does seem like the flavor of the week kind of discussion of yep. what's, you know, and what I've liked about Canales and some of the things that he's talked about is that and maybe they're just generic things that people are going to like. Uh, but one of the things he says is this, is we like our offense to look the same on every, like same structure on plays, but then l- become something different. So defenses have harder times identifying like this type of look this. Right. So you give them looks that are very similar but the actual plays become very different in their structure throughout the game. I think that's a cool concept instead of just saying we got to move motion, we got to get, you know, I mean, like, um, so I think that's one. 
I think the other is that really talks about, and I think this is the most important thing for a coaching staff. And if you look at even, uh, I think if you look at Mike, uh, what is it? Mike McDaniels in yeah. um, Miami is mm-hmm. that, yes, he has uh, these guys that are speedsters, that are different things that, you know, and you can just be like, we're going to pass it 9 million times a game. And just, you know, but I think he continues to play to his player strengths a lot. Um, and I think that's what real coaches do is that, or best the best coaches is they don't become system guys. They don't become so locked into something where they got to find players to match their system, but they get good players and they, and they marry their offensive ideas and philosophies, but to the strength of those players. Right. And so you see him did that with Baker Mayfield. You saw uh, he talked a lot about this and doing the things that Baker does. Well, you taught, you heard him in his Tampa Bay, like in that little movie thing they were putting on. He talked a lot about that. And I think that's really important in coaching period. And we had some people talking earlier and Greg Olson was even a critic about how, the scheme, the offensive scheme didn't do Bryce any favors. Right. And I don't know. I feel, I feel bad being so hard on Frank Reich, but like, I don't know if Frank Reich really had a great, a scheme, you know I mean? It just didn't really feel like there was any real continuity to what they were trying to do. And if there was any, it wasn't really playing to the strengths of his players. And so I'm hoping that's what, some of the benefits of Dave Canales can bring to this instead of just thinking I'm the offensive genius, you know, is, um, is, I mean, I feel like probably Andy Reed does this well, you know, yeah, is, uh, your players in a position to be successful, making yeah. those adjustments. I feel like we haven't had a head coach that can make meaningful adjustments in years and years, uh, prime Rivera maybe. And even then it was iffy. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping, I mean, because players win the games, you know, is that, yes, Andy Reid, these guys are all great head coaches. And obviously, uh, Kyle Shanahan's and these guys are getting a lot out of their players, but the players win the games. And I think that, I mean, you can see that what Kyle Shanahan has done is he's had success with Matt Ryan. He's had success with uh, RG3. He's had success with uh, Brock Purdy now. And they're all different players. And you've got to find a way to get uh, to move the ball, to score and and create opportunities for these guys. And I'm hoping that Canales is going to bring that to the table. That's all we can hope at this point. Uh, I think this might be Muscles Marinara, who is next up on the shirt list. Uh, We have to make a shirt. Maybe it's uh, this this fucking guy. This might be the shirt. C3 Paisan, how you doing? I'm in the car driving home now. But, uh, yeah, I listened to the show. Decided to call in. I heard Anthony call in uh, talking about fucking having rats in the building. (laughs) You know, that's how you know fucking Pepper ain't fucking Italian. Fucking hiring rats. Fucking rat bastard. (laughs) Fucking jerk off Jones over here. You know, that's a major fucking problem, in my opinion. You know, and, uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that can't happen again. I, uh, that, that just can't. Hopefully with this, uh, the Mint Street Boys fucking coaching staff here, all these good-looking fellas, <laughs> hopefully they can get a fucking cap on that bullshit. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it's like no a boy band. Rap, bro. That's, I was, that's, I, we're going to have to make a song. That's fucked up. Fucking, fucking 
bald-headed fucking prick. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, fucking Super Bowl, huh? Who's excited? Not me. Fuck. Anyway, I'm going to give you my pick. I really don't give a fuck. Uh, probably the fucking Chiefs, but yeah. Anyway, I got to go. This fucking guy. We need, to, uh, we need to do a parody, but it's uh, Dave Tepper uh, singing a song about hiring them. And be like, it could be from the Backstreet Boys, be like, you are my hire. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're the one. It sounds like you're the only one that out of this group that can pull it off. No. Nah, uh, the boys are back in town. Uh, all right. Let's see. Josh wants a little bit more. Hey, man, this is Josh one more time. I'm so sorry I called in three times. If no need to apologize, bro. I kind of hope you don't, actually. Making up for lost time. As a Panthers fan for a long time, and you guys too, man, we are in a fucking nightmare right now. I mean, if we're just going to keep it fucking real, man, this is, this is terrible what has happened. But, however, having said that, you know, I'm pretty excited. I think that we might have potentially gotten a hungry young coach who actually could be the steal out of all of these head coaches. Now, my number one was Harbaugh, but we knew he was never coming here. Um, also, you know, if you are on this podcast and you guys are, we are the hardcore Panther fans. Gee, baby ain't always wrong. Just letting y'all know. He does have some good, good things. But Anthony, even though me and him argued, I was right about what I said last year to you, Anthony. Just got to throw this in there. Listen, man, I said Bryce Young did not elevate his wide receivers, and C.J. Stroud did. And you blasted me for it. Now, that is the truth. But Bryce Young is our franchise guy. Trust me on this when I say that. I saw him throwing some darts, and we ain't got nobody who can catch. I saw Chark drop four balls that were 60-yard passes. Y'all can't tell me Bryce Young didn't have an arm. Listen, we're going to be okay. We have to have patience. This podcast is the shit. All right? We're going to be okay. Everybody is going to make it through this. This year and next year are critical. If Dan Morgan is as good as he seems to be and as good as I think he will be at evaluating players, then we should be legit. As long as we can draft well in the next two drafts, we're going to be just fine. We're going to pick up another wide receiver this year. We're going to pick up – we're going to probably have to lose Burns I, I mean, I, I don't see any way around that unless they restructure Moten or, you know, there there's some things that are going to have to happen. But keep pounding, people. You know, yeah. don't get in your feelings so much. you got to let it play out. These things take a little time. You know, that, that's how life goes, isn't it? It's not like a, a real quick fix for what Scott Fitter did to us. I mean, let's be honest about that. Worst GM probably in the NFL history. This dude made all the wrong decisions. Uh, thank you for the call. Great stuff. And uh, shout out to Panax. Um, he said, can we get a custom throwing drink emoji? Ooh. <laughs> Great idea. And the answer is yes. I will be working on that. 
And he also said, oops, uh, he did the oh, oops, uh, he did it again. <laughs> I do that for David Tepper. Oops, I threw a drink in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's get to the next call. We're rocking and rolling tonight, folks. Real quick, uh, what's going on, everybody? This is me, C Doll, 1983. C Doll, what up? Uh, real quick, man, shout out to the C3 podcast. Shout out to Pepper G Baby, everybody, man. Shout out to all the members of the C3. Uh, podcast the longest running podcast on youtube make sure you hit the like button make sure you subscribe whenever you come in here for this great content they go live every tuesday and uh every sunday during the season and they got the uh, game recap during the season and they got the free fall on friday but uh gotta excuse me i'm a little bit liberated right now but uh Real quick, man, for everybody talking about uh stop talking down on the team and everything and all this BS. Man, we've been sorry for the last six years or whatever. However long Tepper has owned this team. So don't tell me to sit here and just take this shit. Steve Wilson got them McCaffrey about to be in the goddamn Super Bowl. You know, while we while we sitting at home watching this shit. Like, man, to otherwise until they got them prove me otherwise, man, we fucking suck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So don't you don't speak to sea dogs. Now you wanna got down if Tepper wanna uh piss on you and tell you it's raining, that's you. You know what I'm saying? But not me. You know. But man, nah fuck that. That's what I like about this goddamn uh channel and this platform. Everybody has a right to their own opinion, you know. But just me, Sea right. Dog, man, T A three T V. Nah, fuck that shit, man. We got them fucking trash. We ain't got no DJ Moore, no McCaffrey. We ain't got no fucking quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Bryce Young ain't no fucking transformer. I'm telling my age right now. But he ain't. He ain't no fucking Build-A-Bear. None of this shit. You know what I'm saying? He ain't no fucking anime characters. You know what I'm saying? We have superheroes. We can't look like, and look keekly. Them days are fucking gone. Tepper is, has fucking ruined this team, man. You know? Then y'all got the audacity to talk about other teams in our division. You know? Y'all better hope got them the Bears on trade got them just the fields of the fucking Falcons. Yeah, like, I agree with man. that. Man, you know, I'm just saying, just me, you know, I ain't gonna sit here and call you no names or nothing. You know? But man, if I say they suck, they fucking suck until they prove me otherwise. If I say Bryce Young is trash, Bryce Young is fucking trash to fucking otherwise. You know what I'm saying? That's my fucking goddamn opinion. What the fuck? Let me just sit here and take this bullshit. I used to hear and take that shit there. You know what I'm saying? I go to a restaurant and got them a, a five-star restaurant and spend my goddamn money. I spend for that shit to goddamn be five-star. They can't bring me out those goddamn bullshit McDonald's shit. Like, come on, what are we talking uh, look, uh, I think C-Dog, man, first, we always thank you for your support, man. A great uh, member of the C3 community. But like uh, we've always said is we ain't going to tell anybody how to fan up nope. in here. You know, it's like there is uh, plenty of reasons, plenty of uh, reasons um, for you guys to have the opinions that you got. You know, so um, I'm not going to tell you how to think. And I certainly don't want people to think like me. I love the diversity of conversation that we always bring. And I think that's what makes a lot of this show pretty good. Um, um, all right, let's go to the next call. 
this is my second call. I just want to finish my first call, whatever. If I got like that, that's just more money and I will just let me know. But that's just my goddamn opinion, you know what I'm saying? Don't sit here and tell me what the goddamn thing about this goddamn team and what the goddamn say. You know what I'm saying? We've been sorry for goddamn six years in the goddamn road. You know? Like, come on, man. Stop just taking this bullshit. You know, I mean, you can if you want to, but I'm not. Like I'm saying, you know, I'm not taking this shit, man. You know, we can't even get a real goddamn coach to come in here. Because nobody really want to fuck with goddamn temper, dumbass. Like, man, come on, man. You know, whenever you come in here, man, make sure you hit the goddamn like button, man. Make sure you got to subscribe to this goddamn great content. The boys go live every goddamn Tuesday. They got the free fall on Friday. You know what I'm saying? They got the goddamn uh, game recap got them on uh on on uh, Sunday. Then during the season, we got the got them uh the game simulation on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? You know. But man, like I say, man, to otherwise, man, you know, stop telling people what got them think, man. You know, everybody got a right to their own goddamn opinion. You know, like I say, to otherwise, until they come out here and prove something to me, you got them trash. You know what I'm saying? We suck. You're on the bottom of the goddamn barrel. Hot fucking garbage. You know what I'm saying? Man, I just got them being honest. Like, man, that's nothing. People don't like that. Can't take the goddamn truth. Like they said in the movie. You know what I'm saying? A few goddamn good men. You muscles can't take the goddamn truth. You know? Like, I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, they got to show me something, man. You know, like, man, we won two fucking games this year. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Two fucking games, man. And it's got their weak-ass division? Come on, man. And then I got all these excuses for Bryce Young. Andy Dalton came off the bench and threw for 400 yards with the same goddamn receivers. And Bryce Young ain't complete a deep ball all year. I think Canelo's going to come in here and got them just he gonna get better and be just throwing deep balls down like Baker Mayfield. No, he ain't got no. He don't got an arm. I told you in the NFL you gotta throw receivers open. Word up, man. But man, whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button, man. Make sure you subscribe to this great fucking got that content. See nineteen eighty three TV out. Thank you for your support. C-Dog, uh, I mean, got the drink emoji should be live, guys. Uh, I made one real quick. Uh, we can tweak it in the future, but uh, threw one together real quick. See if you guys, if it's popped up for you guys. It might take a moment. Maybe YouTube. I did hit save. Uh, go ahead, uh, Cody. Um, No, I was just saying that at this point in time, dude, everybody's going to argue about Bryce until – like C Dog said, until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, that a lot of people think that he's a bust. And that's not gonna change until we actually get the, the right pieces to make it change. I have said though that I if Bryce is a system quarterback, I'm happy that we've got the guy to put the right system around him. Uh, I think Bryce can be successful. We just we have to upgrade this team, man. And we have to implement a a culture of wanting to kick ass like actually wanting to go out there and dominate and be aggressive and getting angry that everyone just sees us as the bad news panthers that you can write off as a w on your schedule we need some aggression on this team 
Uh, speaking of that, is did you see what Steve Wilkes put up? Is uh, got it towards the end. Uh, here it is. Is Steve Wilkes? Uh, he mentioned is going to the Super Bowl, uh, heading mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. Now, um, Steve Wilkes has not had uh, the most glorious time in San Francisco. Um, and and look, first, I'm very happy for him. Uh, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good defensive mind. Uh, I think he's probably doing what he thinks is best with his team uh, because we've seen Steve Wilkes adjust in a couple of different ways, right? I mean, he ran a lot of zone for the Carolina Panthers last year. He's run a lot of zone defense uh, in San Francisco because, you know, he thinks, I guess you can win with the front four. But we saw when Wilkes was the defensive coordinator before he was hired to the Arizona Cardinal Cardinals blitz at the most the highest rate in the entire league. So I don't think he's a one-trick pony. Uh, but he put this up uh, after their trip to the Super Bowl, um, and he says, as I look back on my life, I realized that every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. Oh, and, shots fired, man. Yeah, yeah so, um, you know, I mean, Damn, that – that is uh and look is now christian mccaffrey's headed to the super bowl i don't really count that sam darnold's headed to the super bowl he hasn't done anything there um but you know cmc i um i mean are you guys gonna root for the 49ers in this and i i don't know Mm -hmm. who i'm gonna if i have a dog like i just don't think i'm picking against the chiefs anymore i picked against the chiefs with the bills they beat the bills i picked against the chiefs with the Ravens, they beat the Ravens. Um, Travis Kelsey's walking right into the Hall of Fame um, after this season if he retired. And uh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes isn't far behind him. Oh, no. I mean, he's already – Patrick Mahomes is already breaking that discussion of is he better than Tom Brady? He doesn't have the number of accolades, but if you look at the number of years that he's spent in his career versus what Tom had done to the same number of years – uh, it's close, if not uh, in favor of Pat. So, I mean, I want the 49ers to win. I do. I want to see CMC get a Super Bowl ring. I want to see Steve Wilkes get a Super Bowl ring. Uh, how funny is it that uh, Mike Shanahan uh, and uh, Ed McCaffrey won a Super Bowl together, and now both of their sons have a chance to do oh, the wow. same thing? Great point. Yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty cool, too. So, um you know, it's a cool opportunity for the boys. And again, after uh, everything CMC went through as a Panther, the, you know, Matt Rule just completely misjudging the amount of times to use him and not use him in practice and in the game. Uh, I mean, I'm pulling for him, man. And Steve Wilkes could have been a head coach here in Carolina and definitely would have been better than Frank, Frank Wright, Wright, knowing that now. Have they so, picked the rookie of the year yet? I mean, the offensive player of the year yet? No. I feel like they don't factor in the playoffs, though, when they make that decision Um, of, like, NFL MVP. Well, like, yeah, who's the MVP now? Like, now that everybody's lost it to Patrick Mahomes, like, are you really giving the MVP? Chris McCaffrey. Do it. Dude, CMC for MVP, baby. Do I just it, don't know if... The MVP, I think they announced it before the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. Was it was it Cam announced the MVP before our Super Bowl? Uh, yes, they announced they, it the 
a couple of days before. I feel like they generally base it on their regular season performance. Now, Christian McCaffrey uh, had a regular season performance that was deserving, but a lot of people believe that Lamar uh, Jackson's going to be that MVP. Uh, even Patrick Mahomes believes that. Uh, but I wonder if somehow uh, Christian McCaffrey can be that uh, MVP. Uh, and it would be nice to see somebody who's not a quarterback get it for once. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's been forever since a running back has won the MVP award. Who was uh, the last MVP? Was it uh, that what, a non uh, quarterback? Yeah, Adrian Peterson. Uh, he won the he did yeah, he won MVP, I mean, right? I have no idea who the last MVP. I'm sure the chat will get it. I'll Google it. Yeah, too. who was the last MVP at a non quarterback quarterback position? position. Uh, let's go to Marshall Falk. God, that's way back in the well, dude. Is that is that how far back no, you go? FP3. No, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, hundred percent. It's got to be Adrian. Okay. Um, Al, uh, what's going on with you guys? Um, yeah, we definitely don't need to go get a, a free agent wide receiver because it's not necessary. But we do need to draft properly and build a team. I like the way the I guess the front office USA is going with the coach and with the um with Dan Morgan. I like the way that's going. And um I mean we'll be good, bro. We just gotta give Bryce one more year to suck it up and then we get a new quarterback and then we can rebuild it and we can re- rebuild properly. And um we'll be straight, bro. You guys need something to watch on TV, man. Go watch that Brazil on Netflix. It's good. That bitch is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like it. Griselda. What is that? Did you? Is that what you talked about last week? Uh, no. The Griselda is about um Griselda Blanco, the Medellin drug cartel chick that came to Miami in the nineteen eighties. She was like a big time drug kingpin in Miami. Yeah, okay. it's a good show. It's got uh Sofia Vergara. She plays uh Griselda. Right it's, it's actually a good show. If you like Narcos and stuff like that, you you would love this show. Is it based on the kind of what is the Queen of the South lady based on? Her? Yeah, it's based on a true story on a real person. Yeah, right. I wonder, but you know, have you ever seen the show Queen of the? South? I think that's what it's called. Uh, I know what show you're talking about, and it's like I think, a, it, I think it's different though. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. All right, let's go. We got two last calls. We're making good time tonight. Holy shit, fellas. Um, sorry about calling in again. This is Josh. <laughs> He's, Listen, coming. He's going um, back. Dipping into the whip. special occasion for me. Hey, so I'm drinking man. a little gin. That's why I'm calling in so much. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, man, look, we should be so optimistic right now. I really think this Canalis guy, man, he's young. Um, he's kind of, look, I mean, when you look at what happened with Ben Johnson, and everything else, man, I think we made the right choice on this one. I think this season feels a lot different, you know. And, you know, this is going to be a little slow build if everybody can just be a little patient with it. Anyway, sorry about calling in. Um, I think that we have got to stay positive. We just witnessed the worst season in franchise history. I'm convinced. It really is, man. It's the worst season that we've ever seen from the Carolina Panthers. Now, that's okay because now it's over with. 
But this is going to take a little time. There's a lot of players in the draft we can get, and there's a lot of things that can happen. So if our owner will chill out a little bit, then we're going to be all good. All right, keep pounding. Um, keep pounding. Thanks for the call. We do need to keep it positive. I mean, that's really the only hope, and we really got to just salvage a little bit yeah. of our dignity at this point. This is wild if you look at the MVP. Hey, hold on. Let's say something real quick. We never want anyone to feel sorry for calling in, man. We're interactive for a reason. During the 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 season when we're doing post game shows and the calls get like 30, 40 deep, then we'll normally ask you to do one. But on nights like tonight, man, hey, we want to hear from you. We're happy that you decided to to spend your Tuesday yeah. nights chilling with us, man. And we're going to need you all off season, right? So keep them coming uh, because we're going to continue to do this each and every week. And there's a couple of of months in there where we're not going to have a ton of news to talk about this list of MVPs. Uh, first it, you go back. Adrian Peterson was the last MVP. That was not a quarterback. Uh, then it's quarterback quarterback before him. 11 was Aaron Rodgers. 10 was Tom Brady. Nine was Peyton Manning. Eight Oh eight was Peyton Manning. Oh seven was Tom Brady. Then Oh six, you got Ladanian. You had a two year run. Uh, Sean Alexander in 2005, LaDainian Thomas Tomlinson in 2006. But what's really wild about this is it's really only been quarterback or running back. Marshall Falk got it. Falk got it in 2000. Terrell Davis, uh, Barry Sanders. Um, you got it uh, in 98-97. The last time a non-quarterback, non-running back was 1986 with Lawrence Taylor, uh, defensive player got MVP, but I don't know what the hell happened in 1982, but Mark Mosley place kicker, Washington Redskins MVP. How is that possible? Is that a typo? <laughs> Wait, say it again. 1982, Mark Mosley, Mosley place kicker, Washington Redskins. How is a place kicker the MVP of the league? <laughs> that's fucking bizarre what the hell happened that year and who was this guy did he step in and become a quarterback for him or something uh i'm gonna have uh oh daniel says a strike season oh the strike season oh man i'm gonna have to ask my friend clip because he's a washington redskin uh who was the he played for interesting all right um Let's see. This is the last call of the night for right now, where I think. Hey, what's up? It's the real AP. What's up, my man? Um, to follow up on what C Dog and D Optimism Prime, Optimistic Prime. That's my dude. Yes, sir. Um, we gotta look at we're we've accomplished so much as a team in such a short span of time. Like what what are we in like twenty eight? seasons now we've been to four nfc championships two super bowls yeah we come up empty but i'm very optimistic about it i'm hoping these coaching changes hirings uh everything's gonna play out man you just gotta look at the bright side of things man i mean it's a business it's a league i mean you just gotta go with it I try to, I mean, just like we said, uh, like Tony said at the beginning, like just even kill, man, even flow, like whatever happens, happens, man. I mean, 
can it get any worse? Really? Can yeah, it? I've I been burnt saying that though with Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm gonna hang up his goddamn phone. <laughs> and uh, thanks to all you guys, man, what you do. Thanks to everybody in the chat, man. Y'all are awesome. And no matter what life throws at you, man, just keep pounding. Keep fucking pounding. Peace. Pounding. Mm. That's a mantra. That's a life. Yeah, man. man, that's a that's a real mm. dude. That's a real C3 uh, member, community member. Man, well, I really appreciate it. Look, great calls tonight. A lot of great chat. Um, and these are the real faithfuls that are in. Uh, with us right now and that's what's awesome is our numbers aren't the biggest or the uh but we are the mightiest podcast and we're the mightiest po- panthers podcast because our the, the community man is incredible and and these people uh you guys are what make the show for us really uh and you make it so that we want to keep doing it we want to keep interacting we want to keep building uh this thing um all right super bowl picks real quick i'm gonna have to go with um, do you want to do, do that really now? Pick it this week or next week? Okay, we'll do it. We still got a whole a whole week. Yeah. Oh, that's weeks. a good point. I forget. Yeah, we got a week off. Yeah. Um, we do have. We've already talked about uh, the news. I believe, for the most part, is Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, uh, Arthur Smith going to be the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, offensive. Um, so hey, they're trying to figure out what to do with Kenny Pickett. Um, they're probably looking for a quarterback right now. I don't think a lot of people believe in Kenny Pickett. Um, so that's about it. I don't know if we got really much. We'll be watching uh, the Senior Bowl coming up. Um, oh, don't forget, guys, uh, you can go to carolinacatchronicles.com, and uh, there is uh, – we haven't sold a piece of merchandise since October, I don't think. So, hey, uh, go check out uh, the gear. Uh, shut the hell up, uh, the C3 Panthers podcast mug and the C3 Panthers podcast uh, T-shirt. All cool stuff. Uh, small things uh, can help us continue to grow. But I love the super chat, uh, the super fans, C3 super fans. Best way, I think, to continue to build this community. Uh, the new emoji of a drink, uh, the throne or spilt milk drink is out there. And uh, we'll continue to have some fun stuff, including I think I'm going to get some copies of Dave Canella's. Uh, book uh, to give away to some C3 super fans over the next couple of months. Uh, Cody Lack, I guess there's only one last thing to do at this point, and that's to ice some fools up. Oh, let's do it. Ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, ice up segment is the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. And that's where we tell someone to ice up tough enough to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith, where we step outside the football world, sometimes stay in the football world. Anybody's fair game to ice up tough enough to get it together. Uh, Cody lack, what you got for us? You got um, yeah, go first. I'm okay. So uh, my number one ice up pick goes to car prices, right? Is, uh, and I don't really believe it was the cash for clunkers uh, that really drove car prices through the roof. Maybe that did contribute. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's probably just the expansion of financing that has really led to car prices getting more and more. I mean, now a new car, like you could go buy a truck. It's like a hundred fucking thousand dollars. 
they're financing cars for 10 years, brand new. My truck, which is a 2014 full-size Chevy Silverado, it's not even the four-wheel drive window, good mileage on it when I bought it, was $28,000. Uh, I needed a truck for that could carry my family, and also I live out kind of like a big property. I got to haul shit. We live outside the city limits, so it's just very useful. I've had to finance that bitch for eight years. You know, I mean, and you're talking that that put the payment down to four fifty or something like that. I mean, that's crazy to finance a used car for eight years. Uh, when I was coming up in the 90s, the longest you could really finance a used car was for two years. So I think the expansion of financing has driven up used car prices. But you're talking about paying this guy. When we stopped at a car lot and I don't, I'm trying to just buy it from an individual is my goal. For my son, um, and I stopped at this, this small dealership. The guy was like, "It's hard to find a used car for under ten thousand." I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, I mean, you're talking dipping back to a twenty year old car for something that's like three, four grand, which is insane. So um, I'm gonna ice up car prices. The other thing I want to ice up is uh, BYU. Um, BYU. Um, they made the kids take off the horns down T-shirts at. Uh, the basketball game, like so, the kid, the each person had a letter and it said "horns down." And they were playing Texas, and Texas has got to be the softest ass fan base. Um, so I want to ice up BYU for catering to them, and then the coach says, "We're not about that. We're not that type." I guess they are Mormon religious school, but let the kids tease the other team. I mean, it's not that. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, in such poor taste. Um, and I wish those kids, I saw a great tweet where they said they should have painted it, painted it on their chest as well. So when they took off their shirts, they still had it. Uh, so those are my ice up picks for this. week. Um, CK, you got one for us. I did, but I forgot what it was. So I'll okay. damn it. We'll try to grab it. Uh, I'm, I, I, I had saved well, this one. And now it's not. I must not have saved it, dude. Okay. All I right. Well, well, ice up to you, fellas, for not having ice up picks. I know, man. If I find one before, uh... oh, you already did your show. Yeah, guess, this is it. Yeah. That's the C three Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, dot com. Where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We really appreciate your time, your energy, and your support. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, now it's YouTube music now that you got to get it because they went away from Google podcast does not exist anymore. Uh, so guys continue to support the show uh, just by calling in and being a part of the community, smash the thumbs up button and tell a fr- be a friend, tell a friend as Pat McAfee used to say, uh, CK, thank you for your time. Cody Lack. Thank you brother for being the wheel yeah. man of this podcast and producing it and doing a great job with the comments and all the things you do behind the scenes that people don't see. Why don't you take us out of here, my man? Yeah, man. Look, join us uh, Friday for the free for all. I see Josh wanting to come in and make himself known there as well. Hey, Fridays are for the fans, man. Everybody to come on and be able to enjoy the show. Tony CK. I love you boys. I wouldn't rather be anywhere else on a Tuesday night than talking Panthers football with y'all. Uh, C3 Panther nation. Until next time, keep pounding. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.